And now, introducing a man who went to see Aquaman in theaters because the Waterboy was his favorite 90s movie and he, quote, just loves a good sequel, unquote. A man who once told me, Paul, the bigger they are, the harder they fall before diving headfirst into the ball pit at Ikea. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio, day one of a new era of the show. I'm Glenn Clark, and for the first time officially, he is Paul Valley, and this is the new show. And um, there'll be some, there'll be some changes. There'll be some, as you you heard, we had a little bit of a new open to start things off. We're gonna have some other various things in the coming days and weeks that'll be subtle differences. But largely, it's going to be the same show, the same concept, the same... If if you tuned in before, other than if you were, like, sexually were attracted to Kyle Ottenheimer, if that was the reason, <laughs> then you might be out. And that's that's fine. Hey, look, I get it. Everybody's got their thing. Number one rule here, you know, we do not kink shame. We do not bully. We do not kink shame. Two things we do not do. So if that's what you're into, I, you're probably gone. You probably tuned in this morning and forgot that it was it'd been Kyle's last day, and you're like, well, I'm out. I, that, I was here... Because I was just really into looking at Kyle Ottenheimer. If that's the case, I'm sorry. Uh, you can stalk him. You can do whatever you want to do uh, related to that. But um, uh, he's no longer part of this. Paul, uh, very attractive man. So maybe you're may- too kind. Maybe look into that. Maybe that. Maybe that'll float your boat moving forward. Maybe that'll be something that we're interested. Uh, are we re- recording? Are we on? Uh, we, are. We, we are. We are. Yeah. On. Uh, on. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see the thing moving on. Uh, uh, on no, the recording. The. Um, the, the the wave pad that yeah, was what yeah, i was yeah, looking yeah. for yeah that's what we need to go it's okay we'll work out all the kinks that was the one thing we I don't forgot. kink shame we don't kink shame we work through our kinks that's what we do here it's that's been okay. several months since i produced my right. sincerest it's apologies quite, quite all right it's it was a good right. open too yeah, the open, everything was good it was everything except was good. The, i Just didn't gotta, get a record gotta button. make sure we're recording that's all we can do we, yeah. can, we can hit that button when we come in um, so yeah, that's the the, like the the show is largely going to be the show. It's largely going to be everything that you've come to know, and uh, I don't know if love is the right word, but uh, accept, appreciate, whatever it is. Uh, from the uh, seven years that we've been doing Glenn Clark Radio, we just have a, a new riding partner and um, a couple of things that we'll be uh, mixing up, and we'll be trying some new things and. Who knows? Maybe by the time this is all said and done, we'll uh, be like a Japanese game show, and we won't be the uh, Glenn Clark Radio at all. I don't know. We'll see how <laughs> it goes. Whatever is popular, we'll make it stick. Uh, coming up on the program today. Oh, hello, hello. You know what I did last night? I had a uh, I had a cigar. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, we we finally got some fall weather after it being summer again last week, which right. like go screw because fall is the best. Um, I, I sat down and I said, you know, we should have a fire this evening. And we looked outside and we had just enough wood that I was like, we could have ourselves a nice little fire tonight. And the, the boys were very, my two sons were very excited. They were like, yes, because they get s'mores whenever there's a fire. And so we decided we were going to have a fire. And uh, when we have a fire, because I'm not, I don't, uh, I don't eat s'mores. I'm not a chocolate man. I don't care for sweets. Wow. It's not my thing. Um, I said, I, n- I need a vice, and I don't really drink any longer. So I said, I know what I'll do. I will enjoy myself a cigar. So I went upstairs, and I, uh, I pulled down a fat one, a nice, uh, nice Bolivian fella. And I, uh, I sat down, and I enjoyed a cigar, sitting around the fire with my wife and my two sons. And the thing is about enjoying a nice cigar, it always feels good after a win, too, doesn't it? God, there's something, uh, the, the old victory cigar. Um, I, I sit down, I enjoy this cigar, and then I remember that uh, this particular bad boy, I'm going to taste it for the next two days. 
I'm going like all morning, no matter what I do, I'm tasting the cigar that I had last night, which is fine because it was a tasty cigar, but it just doesn't go away. It's, it's quite pungent. It it has that uh, that appeal for a few days, and I think that that has impacted me as I try to clear my throat this morning. Um, is that I'm still tasting that cigar on my throat from last night. Now I've told you about that, so you know. Uh, file that away. Do with it what you will. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how important it'll be, but I think that's what's going on this morning is I'm still tasting the cigar. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. The fall is calling. Sale is on right now at Window Nation. Two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. The colors are changing. The temperatures are changing. It's time for some change in your life. You can also pay nothing for two full years when you call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Coming up this morning, we're scheduled to be joined by Ravens fullback Patrick Ricard. He had himself a day yesterday. Good to see him get a few more snaps and the run game get going for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Also coming up later on in the program, Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN. Uh, he worked the broadcast yesterday for ESPN Radio. He was working the sidelines. We'll see what it is that he thought about the Ravens' dominant performance um, over the Chargers. And Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday. That'll continue. We're also going to dish out our pats on the ass. We'll get to that a little bit later on, go over a weekend in picks. I had a lovely, ah, I had a lovely betting weekend, Paul. I had a lovely betting. Weekend. I saw. I saw you, your post. You know, you know what I didn't do? Hit the parlay button. Come on, man. And I'm really surprised by that. And you know what I'm really surprised by that? Because I like I normally like to know exactly how much is at stake. And so this is part of the problem. I I went to a concert Saturday night. I saw the Manchester Orchestra. It's an orchestra from Manchester, England. They're they're a rock band. I went and saw Manchester Orchestra at Ramshead Live. And I didn't get home until very late. And then I, I got on the bike. And so I didn't go to bed until about 2.30 on Saturday night. And so I didn't wake up on Sunday until 10.30. This is the first time I think I've gotten eight hours of sleep in my life, by the <laughs> way. It was amazing. When I looked over, and I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think I slept the whole time because my wife, I do remember her waking me up at one point and the boys waking me up at one point. But I stayed in bed until 10.30. I looked over when I like came to and I was like, eh, and I saw it was 10.30. I'm like, holy crap, what's going on here? So you got to be in the studio at a certain time. I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, well, I want to get on the bike. I want to get a, a workout in. And then I'm going to need to take a shower before I go into work because I had to be here at the studio to do Project Game Day. And I didn't. I literally did not get into the studio until about 12.50. And then I'm like, I haven't put any bets in for today. Holy crap, I got to do that, right? So I hop on and I put my bets in, right? And it was about to be 1 o'clock. And so once, you know, once the old... The clock hits. You can't get any more bets in. So I think what I did was I just scrambled and I just put them all in and didn't, like, because I was running out of time and I was panicked about the game starting, I forgot to check to see what the parlay would be worth. And, again, I went eight for eight. Five money line picks, three spreads yesterday in the NFL. I went eight for eight. It's not like I went terribly bold yesterday. Like, I didn't go crazy on anything. But I went eight for eight, which is not something that I do on most NFL Sundays. Oh, it's never going to happen again. No. And I didn't hit the effing parlay button. I made a couple hundred bucks. It was a nice little day. But I'll lose all that by the end of the week. That'll all be gone. I just forgot to hit the effing 
parlay button, and I'm so furious at myself for that. I'm so bloody mad. But otherwise, it was a lovely day. I had a lovely betting day and a lovely day in our picks. We'll get to all that. So you forgot to hit the parlay button. Yes. I forgot to hit the record button. It's yeah, just, very similar. Very it's, it's similar scenario. Just, just missing Here's the, the buttons. Thing. It's not going to cost you thousands of dollars that you forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> yet. No, yeah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Ah, it was very frustrating. Very frustrating. What wasn't frustrating was the performance of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I have a column up today at PressBoxOnline.com, as I do on Mondays. My Monday column is up right now. And it's probably the mildest take that anyone will ever offer, which sort of is my, like, that's sort of my bit as a columnist. My bit as a columnist is, of course, to be reasonable, to be pragmatic when everybody's screaming for me to say hey settle down a little bit it's not worth screaming and I'm kind of allowing you to scream and that's sort of like my point is of this column which is I feel like typically my role as a columnist is to say something like hey it's one game settle down hey you know this is the NFL goofy things occur settle down we'll see what happens next week something along those lines but I can't do that. I can't shake. And it's not really about yesterday was just one more piece of evidence to throw. I can't shake that the Baltimore Ravens are exactly as good as their record indicates they are. That the Baltimore Ravens are, if not the best team in the AFC, at the moment, they're right there. It's them and the Buffalo Bills who play the Titans tonight, and we'll see what happens there. And, and if they lose that game, then we know who the best team in the AFC is. That There's no reason to hide from how good the Ravens are. That Yes, it's six games into the season, and that's not nearly as important as being the best team by the time you get to week you know, 18 or the postseason. But we don't have to guard ourselves. And that in the way that they've done it is even more remarkable than maybe what they've done in past years. That to me, the sign of a good team is a team that can win when they do what they do best and a team that can win when they don't do what they do best. And the truth is right now, I don't even know what this Ravens team does best. This season, you could say their best is when Lamar Jackson has, you know, the, the, the way they've won their most games is Lamar Jackson being an exceptional passer. You could say that. But what are we talking about? Maybe two? Like, he was exceptional as a passer, obviously, to bring them back against Indianapolis. He was exceptional as a passer in the – I thought in the in the Detroit he game. He was very good in the, in the Detroit game. You know, like, I thought that at the time was his best game as a passer. Obviously, the Indianapolis game was even better. It's not – but even then, you would say it's not how they won the Detroit game. They won the Detroit game thanks to their, their unreal, historically great kicker that if, if not for the greatest kicker in the history of football, they don't win that game. And that's my point, that they've won five games and they've done it in a multitude of ways. They've done it with their tight ends and receivers making big catches. They've done it when their receivers haven't made the catches they're supposed to make. They've done it with a banged-up offensive line coming together. They did it yesterday when their offensive line was not pass-protecting nearly as well. They've done it with Lamar Jackson as an ex exceptional passer. They did it against Kansas City with Lamar Jackson as an exceptional runner. They did it yesterday with the run game returning that had been missing for the first four games of this win streak. They, had run, they hadn't run the ball at all, and then all of a sudden they became a dominant run team again yesterday. 
They did it when their defense played like crap. They did it yesterday when their defense played incredibly. They've done it. They've won games with a fair amount of luck. They've, they've done a little bit of everything. With the obvious exception of week one against the Raiders, a game they could have won as well but didn't, they've just figured out ways to win. And that, to me, is the sign of a great football team. It's one thing if you're the Kansas City Chiefs of, of recent years, and like as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing incredible football, then you can win football games. But if it requires your defense leading to win you a game, it, it's not going to happen. But when you're doing what you do best, you're going to be impossible to beat. That's one thing. This isn't that. This isn't even the Ravens the last couple of years, where as long as they were doing what they do best, they were going to be very difficult to beat. As long as they do anything at this point, they're very difficult to beat. Despite the fact that they, they've, they've got 16 injured players. 16! And they're 5-1! And, and they just smoked one of the best teams in the conference. We don't have to hide from it. We don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to, the Ravens are arguably the team to beat in the AFC. We don't have to say, well, we need to see them do this. We need to see We've seen it. We've seen it. Yes, do we still have reason to wonder whether or not yesterday's run performance is what we'll get from them moving forward? Because we've got, you know, five games of evidence of them struggling to run the ball and then one game of evidence of them running the ball really well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that translates. We knew the Chargers had a really bad run defense coming into yesterday. We just didn't know if the Ravens were going to be able to take advantage of it because they couldn't do a thing in the run game. But they ran the ball incredibly well yesterday. So maybe it's a sign of them being able to run the ball moving forward. I, I, don't, I don't know. We're, we're going to find out in the coming weeks. I still think they should consider trading for a running back. I'm not ready to say, uh, you know, I, I guess John Harbaugh doesn't think that Latavius Murray's injury is significant, but, you know, we'll get more answers on that as the week goes on. Um, him and Bradley Bozeman as well, and I, I don't know, but um, I would still probably be in the market to trade for a running back if there is one that's available. I wouldn't abandon that just because they ran the ball well for one day. I'm not suddenly, that doesn't suddenly make me believe that, you know, that one game of evidence is more significant than everything that we had beforehand. Um, I, 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 I don't know why it was that the defense looked so terrible two weeks ago and then faced Justin Herbert and suddenly played the best that they've played all season. I, I, I don't. Your answer is, you know, your, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, maybe it's just Josh Bynes. Maybe Josh Bynes is just that good. I God bless them, man. They've broken this glass in case of emergency now three times, and it's worked all three times. Just say, well, the defense is a mess. What do we do? Josh Bynes. I can't, I can't understand it, but it's amazing that it keeps working. It just keeps working for them to go to the Josh Bynes, play the Josh Bynes card. You know, I do have to give Patrick Queen a little bit of credit. Okay. He looked, he looked a lot better yesterday. And, and before he got hurt, to me, like – he couldn't get off a block last Monday. I mean, and it's hard to it's hard to look any worse. Right, and he was shedding blocks. He actually wrapped up and drove guys back when he was hitting them yesterday. I'm, I'm giving him credit now because he's not I'm, he's not getting a pat from me today. But the defense, for some reason, was able to shut down an offense. I think we both can agree was is better than Indianapolis's. And I mean, I, we thought. Yeah, like, uh, we thought. But, I, I mean, I think they had Justin Herbert seeing ghosts out there because he even said, he said, they showed us some, th some things on defense that we've never seen before. Uh, that, that is something that he said afterwards. And, you know, we, we joke about terms like dial things up and things along those lines. But 
going into your bag, all the it's it's a they're cliches that we throw around in football that don't actually mean anything. But apparently, Wink Martindale was in his bag and coming up with looks that the uh, the Chargers were unprepared for, and that worked out quite well. But I. I don't know what to say. I don't know if that means that all of the issues that the defense had before that are all gone and we just forget about them and the def- all the defense is solved because they had one. I don't know. I, I can't tell you that. But I know they were winning games even when the defense was struggling. I, that's what they do is they figure out ways to win games. And, yes, it helps to have Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like, it certainly it goes a long way to have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback and trying to figure out ways to win games. But to me, it's the sign of a great football team. Does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl? Believe it or not, no one knows who's going to win the Super Bowl. I don't. Paul doesn't. Kyle didn't. No one does. The loud guys that are screaming, that nobody knows. It's, it's, I, I just don't engage. I can't tell you if the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. We're a, a significant amount of time away from the Super Bowl. I can only react to what I know right now, which is right now the evidence that I have, they're either the best or tied for the best team in the AFC. And we don't need more evidence in order to say that. The evidence that we get moving forward could change our opinion. You know, if 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 the Bills continue to dominate the way that they've been dominating for the next, then they're going to be the team to beat in the AFC. If... If the Ravens stumble, stub their toe next week against the Bengals, which I can't promise that they won't, as as good as they are, the Bengals are a good football team too. I can't promise that the Ravens won't slip up against the Bengals next week. If they do, we'll react to that then. I I, I can't over... My overreaction is the appropriate reaction. My overreaction is this is a damn good football team. This is... And in a weird way, because of the various ways that they've had to win football games, to me, they're better than they've been in recent years. When we thought of them as dominant, I think this is better than 2019, when in 2019 they were largely doing the same thing every game, coming out, playing bully ball, and punching everyone in the mouth. And teams didn't know how to react to that, they didn't know how to respond to that, and they were able to, to run through and win games at will because they were playing bully ball. To me, this is better than that. They're winning games in every form and fashion. When they get punched in the mouth, they're winning games anyway. When they punched the Chargers in the mouth yesterday, they won the game. They're winning games in every conceivable way. I don't, I don't know what could possibly be next. What's the next thing they could do? Line Tyler Huntley up as a tight end? Like, what's the thing they could do now? How many different possible ways are there to win a football game? I, I, I genuinely don't know. They've won in every conceivable form and fashion so far. That's the statement. That's the definition of a great football team. Does it mean they're, they're faultless? Of course not. Of course not. I mean, that's crazy. Like, the, the, the notion that this means they're not going to lose another game the entire season. I mean, maybe. Maybe. It'd be an awful lot of fun if that proved to be the case. I'm all for it. Sign me up. But they're really, really freaking good. And we don't need to hide from that. We don't need to be nervous about it or worry that, you know, worry too much about any particular thing, which sometimes we do after certain games. Sometimes we do after certain results. We don't need to panic about those things. 
I think we should try to celebrate instead, and the best way to do that would be for you guys to come out and join us tomorrow night at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. That's where we're going to be for the Tyus Bowser Show. Tyus and a special guest will be joining us. We'll be announcing that in the next 24 hours, who his special guest will be. Again, we'll be at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena tomorrow night for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's brought to you by... Press Box, Great Eights Memorabilia, and True Strong Services. You want to come out, meet. Uh, by the way, how likable is Tyus? I've, I've been trying to explain to you that how much I like this dude and then add on to it that yesterday he showed up at the uh, stadium with this amazing uh, Oriole sweater on. Uh, Tyus is such a great dude. We're going to be celebrating with him tomorrow night at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. Hope that you will come join us and find out more about what you need to know. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get to some of your guys' responses this morning. After uh, look, everybody's everybody's feeling good, and why wouldn't you be feeling good after a tremendous Ravens victory? From uh, Dan, Dan says, Glenn, here's the thing I can't figure out from yesterday, and why is it the Ravens were so determined to run the ball yesterday when it seems like they haven't been determined? It's one thing to say they haven't been good at it, but they haven't even been determined to run the ball in past weeks. What changed that made them feel like yesterday was the day they could go about doing that? Is it something that they saw related to the Chargers? You mentioned the Chargers have a bad run defense. Or is it something they just didn't think they could do until they had the running backs in the system for another month or so? To me, I feel like they learned yesterday that they need to keep getting after it and that they shouldn't have been strategizing to be so pass-heavy in recent weeks, and that's what's particularly encouraging to me about the effort. It's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. It's interesting. I think the easiest thing for someone to say is, yeah, they saw the Chargers were bad against the run, and so they came out and said, if there's a week we're going to try to reestablish the run, this would be a good week to do it. That I don't know that, but simple math would suggest that's probably a likely scenario, that they saw the Chargers were bad against the run, and they said, let's try to take advantage of that. Let's, let's try to see if we can't dictate that from the start of the game and not have to throw the ball 37 to 43 times. Which they didn't. Clearly it worked. To your point, should that have been something they were doing all along? Should they make that more about them than about their opponent? Well, I mean, I hard to disagree. It's, I don't think it's that simple. I don't think you just say that and you, you make it factual, right? I don't think you just say, hey, try to run the ball and you're going to go run the ball as well as you did yesterday. I don't think that's always the case. But, you know, yeah, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see the same determination. As we pointed out, in some other games this year, they were more happy to throw the ball five or six consecutive times. And as the first half went on, you even saw a little bit of that creep back in yesterday, right? Like they were, they were trying to get a bit pass happy. And then when they started the second half, they said, let's settle down. Let's go be the Ravens. Let's go do what we did. And we were having so much success with And they had that seven-and-a-half-minute drive to start quarter number three, and they sucked the life out of the Chargers, who went into the half with a little bit of momentum, having scored a touchdown and gotten a couple of defensive stops and feeling like they were back in the game. That ended when the Ravens you know, took the in- half of the third quarter and extended the lead back out to three scores. That, that sucked whatever life you know, had come back to the Chargers out of it. Should they be more determined to be that team? Yeah, I think they should. I think they should be more determined to be that team 
that's going to throw the ball. Or sorry, that's going to run the ball. Yeah. And on a surface level, I agree with that. As I always tell people, it's not that simple. Like, yeah, some people were panicking that uh, after they got the interception yesterday, the first play was a pat. Like, it's one play. Even when you're determined to run the ball, you're going to throw the ball sometimes. It's one play. But yes, as a whole, I would agree that they have probably been more pass-happy for the first five weeks of the season than I would have wanted the Baltimore Ravens to be and that I thought was best for them. And what we saw yesterday was more of what we think they are when they're at their best. And the determination to run is something that I would like to see moving forward. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. All right, when we come back in, we're going to try to catch up with Pat Ricard. We're going to see, Lord knows, things happen with players. We understand how that goes. And, and if he's got to run into the facility, that's the way it goes. It's, it's what it is. We will try to catch up with him. We do need to dish out some pats on the ass for sure, go over the weekend and picks. Those are things that are definitely coming up. We know that with certainty. It is a Monday edition of uh, Glenn Clark Radio. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by PressBox. Grade 8's memorabilia, and true strong services. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes, but the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. (laughs) 
The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. Matt Myers, the Ravens beat the Chiefs with the run, the Colts with the pass, and the Chargers, they brilliantly balanced offense. That's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. This is why it is that I feel better about this team than I than I even did again. We were also I've, I've seen people saying, well, this is like 2019. This is better than 2019. In 2019, they were doing one thing. They were doing it unbelievably well. And I like that, and I, you know, I'm I'm good with them doing that. I, there's nothing wrong with doing something unbelievably well, but I, I feel something even more about being able to do multiple things and being able to win in many different ways, and being able to win with your defense, and being able to win with your offense, and being able to win with your massive kicker. Like it's there's just something about that that's even more significant. And that's why it is that I'm I'm a different level of excited about these Baltimore Ravens. All right. Uh, nothing we can do about it. Hopefully we'll catch up with Pat Ricard at some point. If not, life goes on. Uh, love Pat. Appreciate all the, the things that he does to show your soft side. And, and more than that, appreciate who he is as a football player. That's even more important. But we'll continue on hour number one. It's day number one for Paul Valley. Paul's, Paul's, Paul's right. It's day one. And the first guest, the first guest didn't post as scheduled. And so Paul shook. Right, just can't get her. Paul's I wouldn't shook. say sh- he's shook. 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 I'm. I don't know, I'm not really, saying. I'm not saying know. it's wrecking you. I'm not saying it's over. But you're shook. <laughs> I'm, you're I'm, shook. A, I'm devastated. You know, you're not. You're not going to go jump off a bridge. No. But like, you're shook a little bit. Right? I might cry okay. in the car on the it's way. It's okay. Home. These things happen. These things occur. We uh, we plow ahead. We move forward, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get we'll hear back from Pat, and hopefully we can make something happen. In the meantime, um, speaking of Pats, we need to do that. But before we do that, we uh, go over the weekend that was in picks. Uh, which turned out to be okay for me after it started very poorly. Our picks recap is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, not a good week for me. I went 0 for 3 in college picks. It was not a good week for me in college picks. Unfortunately, on Thursday night, Navy, Ty uh, Lavatai got hurt, and they needed to get one more score in order to cover against Memphis. They didn't get it, and so they lose 35-17. That was a bummer. Um, John, Andrew, Casey all were on Memphis. They got that point. Texas, Ohio State, I have no idea why, or not Ohio State, Oklahoma State. I have no idea why I had faith in Texas. That's a stupid thing for me to have done. They were favored in that game, and that was... It was just dumb all around as they lose outright to Oklahoma State, 32-24. Uh, Kyle, Stecka, and KZ were on that. We were all on Georgia despite the fact the number was 21 and a half. Sometimes we say those numbers are just too crazy because goofy things can happen, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, Kentucky got their asses handed to them, but they got a backdoor cover, 30-13. to They lose by 17, but they get the cover. 
Number 11 team in the country gets a cover for losing by 17 points. Go figure. But we were all on Georgia, so it doesn't matter. That's where the bad news ended for me because I went six for six the rest of the way. I was the only one of the only one of us, Paul, that picked the Baltimore Ravens, who had been won four games in a row and were facing a West Coast team traveling to play a one o'clock Eastern game. And nobody else was like, you know, the Ravens are pretty good. Maybe I'll roll with them. It's only three points that we're talking about. Nobody else thought about that. Some I hope like the team. I hope that game cost them their parlays. I hope so. I hope so too. I hope so too. I was the only one. Obviously, uh, it three points was not even close to the number it ended up being. The Ravens roll thirty-four to six. I steal that point, which I needed. I also stole a point on Minnesota, and I was very nervous about that at the end because Minnesota had this big lead. Carolina comes all the way back. They get the touchdown and a two-point conversion late, and then Minnesota drives down the field, and we had just wrapped up the uh, the Project Game Day postgame show. Thanks to those of you that joined us for the Project Game Day postgame show. Um, we had just wrapped it up, and so I'm we're watching this, and I'm like, ah, this dude kicks this 48-yard field goal. I'm good. The spread was one and a half. All I need is for him to kick this field goal, and who cares they blew a lead? Everything's good. And then Greg Joseph misses a 47-yard field goal at the end of regulation, and he's I'm a, despondent. He's a Vikings kicker. You have to know better. I understand that, but this was not like this wasn't like a 55-yard kick. This they was miss a, them all, man. This is a sub 50-yard kick. It's a kick he should have made. The good news being, as I thought, it's Kirk Cousins' season, baby. October is Kirk Cousins' time, man. I don't know why you guys continue to disrespect. They call him Mr. October. They coined that phrase to, for Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. That was something they came up with specifically for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, Mr. October, leads them back down the field in overtime. They get a 34-28 victory, and your boy, boy steals that point as I was the only one on Minnesota as well. So good news there. I stole two points that way. Uh, everybody was on Green Bay except for Stetka. That seems, that seems like a mistake. Literally, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears, as he declared after uh, going in for a touchdown. I effing own you. And he does. It's all he's ever done in his career is kick the S out of the Bears. They win 24-14, to easily cover the four and a half. Um, Stecka as well, the lone wolf on Cleveland yesterday, not so smart. Uh, they get their asses handed to them 37-14. I'm not surprised that Arizona won. I was a little surprised by how lopsided it was only because Arizona was without their head coach and without Chandler Jones. So you could say, hey, Cleveland didn't have Nick Chubb and, you know, Baker Mayfield was banged up. Like, you can say those things, and that's true. But Arizona didn't have their head coach or their best defensive player, and yet they pounded the Browns in Cleveland. They kicked the snot out of them. Talk about a team that's beat up, man. They're now down Chubb, Hunt, Landry, and Mayfield's yeah, so, left arm is just so, done. So Hunt, yeah, got hurt during the game. I, I think the like the thought is that, Ch that Chubb's going to return, like that that's not going to be a long-term thing for them. Um, sort of a bummer that the Ravens still don't play them for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield came back and played. Like I, I thought after he took the shot, he, I thought it was over. I thought it was done. Like, I thought it was over. Um, but he came back in, and he, and he played, and, and he looked – fine as fine as he can throw on the ball it's not like baker mayfield is such a dominant thrower that you know like you could tell immediately that there was something wrong that was an ass kicking i mean that was just an emphatic ass kicking of a performance for anybody that's been doubting the arizona cardinals been saying yeah they're undefeated but like they've now kicked the snot out of the rams and kicked the snot out of the browns this season like they are legit 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 which what like i said about the ravens doesn't 
doesn't guarantee anything. Mm-hmm. It does not guarantee that they're going to win the NFC. It doesn't guarantee that they're even going to win the division. But they are they are proven. They have gotten the job done in big situations, and they literally did it yesterday. Not only without their head coach, but without the other guy that would be calling plays in those circumstances. Um, their quarterbacks coach is the guy that other that would otherwise call plays, and they didn't have him either. They didn't have their head coach, their quarterbacks coach. Or Chandler Jones, and all they did was go out and kick the crap out of the Browns anyway. So, man, there's there's no debating that the the Cardinals are legit. Uh, we were all on the Cowboys, and we were quite nearly all wrong. Um, that was far more of a thriller than I expected against the the Patriots yesterday. The Patriots came to play. Mac Jones, you know, we can't. I don't want to oversell it. He doesn't look like he's reinventing football but he's doing what you need to do as a Bill Belichick quarterback and he's doing what worked for Tom Brady for a long time which again isn't me saying that Mac Jones is Tom Brady I want to make that abundantly clear but what they do and what Tom Brady did Mac Jones is doing a lot of that and looking good ultimately the Cowboys ended up winning anyway they get a touchdown in overtime and so they cover the three and a half which when they went to overtime, I didn't think it was going to happen, so I felt good about it, but we were all on the Cowboys, so we all got that point. And only myself and Stecka took a risk on Seattle. Just seemed like a big number, five and a half, for a Pittsburgh team that's just not that good. Like, they're just not that good. You know, they run the ball fairly well with Najee Harris, and, you know, they got some weapons, but they're just not that good of a football team. They certainly have a good defense, and obviously when they needed it, T.J. Watt made a massive play in overtime. And that's the reason they were able to win the game. Um, but they only won by three. And so uh, Steck and I got that point. I, I, There was a lot of belly aching. Did you watch the game last I was flipping between baseball and football last I was, night. I was flipping between football and baseball. You're talking and about Sunday Night Football. Man, both were tremendous. Oh, both absolutely. were excellent. The baseball game, by the way, all in as somebody who is openly rooting against the Dodgers. I don't care remotely about the Braves, but they're my favorite baseball team right now. Mm-hmm. So all in, tremendous. Uh, Ron Washington, balls of steel. Love it. <laughs> I mean, the baseball game was tremendous, and the result was correct, so I'm happy about that. Although, of course, we remember – this was a scenario that played out a year ago and, and didn't go as well, so we'll see how it goes now moving forward. Um, that being said, uh, the football game, while Geno Smith is still Geno Smith, and it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing football game, it ended up being quite compelling coming down the stretch. You had this bizarre scenario at the end of the game where the officials got it right, and yet all the buffoons in Pittsburgh were were yelling and screaming about them getting screwed when they in no way got screwed whatsoever uh, at the end of the game. I, I don't know why they felt the need to review the DK Metcalf catch because it, it did seem pretty obvious everything that happened there, but if they were worried that he had stepped out of bounds, then I get it that you want to make sure. that this is, We all complain about these types of things, delays, reviews late, but we all also want the calls to be right. And if we want the calls to be right, and we've identified that the calls at the end of the game we're going to bitch and complain about more than the calls that happened earlier in the game, then we kind of have to live with the fact that there's sometimes going to be scenarios like that. Yes, it seems like it took longer to review that than was necessary. It seemed to me like it was pretty cut and dry that DK Metcalf caught the ball, never stepped out of bounds, had it punched out, and Swain recovered it in the field of play, and all was good. And they should have been able to tell that quite quickly, but I don't I don't begrudge the officials wanting to make sure they got that right and wanting to make sure they had the right time on the clock and wanting to make sure they didn't do anything that gave an unnecessary advantage to one team that they hadn't earned. And so they, in the end, got all of it right. Got everything right. 
And Mike Tomlin was bitching about it at the end of the game and calling it embarrassing. Like, dude, no, you're embarrassing because you're, you don't realize that they got it right. They got everything right, and the Steelers won the game anyway because T.J. Watt made a huge play in overtime. So, you know, bully for them. Speaking of which, did yeah. you see him trying to knock the ball out near the, punch. the goal line? And the punch. He was throwing haymakers in there, man. So this one's this is a weird thing too because yes, the we we are pretty sure that what he was doing was trying to punch the ball out to yeah. get a turnover. But it didn't look like that when you watched it because he was just wildly swinging and not swinging particularly close to the ball. Now, as it turns out, he, he does that at the end of the game. He gets the ball out, and it's the reason why the Steelers win, right? It's because he was able to punch the ball out um, on the, the Seahawks' possession in overtime. But, yeah, that was a goofy bit, and it's something that the NFL is going to have to we, – we are seeing far more. Look, obviously Marlon Humphrey's been quite good at it mm-hmm. uh, in recent years, but we've seen more Ravens players – it's like it's it's been an offshoot. Marlon Humphrey started doing it, and now it's spreading. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's the the Humphrey variant, you might call it, where like other Ravens defensive players are attempting to punch the ball out instead of going for a tackle, and that's been frustrating this season. But like you you don't just this thing that we're doing. We're like, well, he was trying to punch the ball out, and that makes it okay that he's landing like just shots, like he's just landing punches mm-hmm. on a dude. Like, oh, that's just okay. It 100 per- if you're going to do that, you better hit the ball. Because if not, not only do you have to be penalized, you can't just be swinging and throwing haymakers at running backs and wide receivers. Like, that can't just be okay. You don't just get to hide behind, well, you know, he's trying to punch the ball out. Well, if that's what you're trying to do, you better be punching the ball. Mm-hmm. Because if you're punching to the back of the head of some dude that's running with the ball, not only should you be penalized 15 yards, but you should get a significant fine for that. Whatever your intent was, you don't just get to hide behind that if you're landing shots on someone. That's not okay. And when they come through with these punches trying to get the ball out, like, you're right to call it a haymaker. Like, they're loading up. This is some Mike Tyson S that they're going with trying to get the ball out. So if it misses and hits somewhere else, I get that these dudes are wearing pads, but like it can be a real problem if that proves to be the case. You're going to have to either get the ball, or if you're swinging and missing, what happened last night is exactly what should happen. You should be hit with a 15-yard uh, foul, and on top of that, you should be paying a fine this week because you don't just get to say... Like I, I don't, I don't think T.J. Watt was purposely going in there trying. I don't even remember who it was. I don't think he was purposely trying to punch him and do. It was Alex Collins. Collins, exactly yeah. who it was. I don't think he was trying to do bodily damage to him, but that's what happened. Like because he missed, and you get penalized for that. That's the way that it works. I mean, he punched him in the stomach multiple times. If you saw the replay, now look, the football punch works. We see, like you said, we see it with Marlon Humphrey. We saw it. That's how they they got the fumble on D.K. Metcalf towards the end of the game. There was a, was a football punch. Um, but what, what T.J. Watt was doing is something entirely different, just swinging wildly, claiming he's going after the ball, when, like you said, he was nowhere near the ball. I think you should take it a step further. If you want to punch the ball, that's fine. You get one or two opportunities. To throw five, six, seven punches, completely be nowhere near the football, not only should be a 15-yard penalty, there should be some kind of thing where, like, like for unsportsmanlike conduct, you get two of those and you're tossed from the game. It Correct. should be something like that. Well, I'm... That's, you know, like toss him from the game. That was that was more than just trying to punch the football. It looked to me. Nah, I, I and I, 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 I don't mean that he's going I, in there trying to kill the guy. And I disagree. I don't think he's purposely trying to punch somebody. I I do think that he's trying to start throwing a punch to get the ball out. But this is the problem with the concept as a whole. Like it has to be understood. If that's what you're doing and you miss, 
You don't. You're not going to be able to hide behind what your intent was. That's not going to matter. Right. Your intent is irrelevant in this scenario. If you're going in throwing punches and it lands and doesn't, it, you're not hitting the football. Then you're going to be penalized, and that might make you second guess whether or not you're going to go in and try to punch the football out. And somebody would say, "Hey, it's hard enough to play defense right now. This is something players are figuring out they can do, and it's working." And you're going to take it away from them? Well, yeah. If the result's going to be that they're punching dudes in the head, mm-hmm. yes, 100%. I'm going to take it away from you. And th- to your point, I would say from the angle. It looked very difficult even to think that T.J. Watt could have gotten to where right. he could have punched the ball. I still don't think he was purposely trying to punch somebody. But the, you go in trying to throw punches and you miss. You're, to, if that, Yeah, if it happens twice, I'm absolutely fine with that being something you get ejected from the game for. To, cl- like, to clarify my comments, I don't want to sound like a Ravens homer. I don't think T.J. Watt was going in there thinking, I'm going to say I'm punching the ball, but I'm really trying to hurt this guy. Right. I don't think that's what he was right. doing. I'm just saying... After two or three men and you're punching that wildly, you just got to stop. Well, the, the idea is when someone stood up, that's when it's most valuable to try to punch the ball out. Right. Because they're stood up. Somebody else, like, they're not going to get away. So now, once they're stood up, make sure you're trying to punch the ball out. I was talking about this with a buddy of mine about why it is that Steelers didn't try to run the ball in overtime when they got the ball back after the turnover and they just decided to play for the field goal at that point. And my buddy Aaron Oster was like, you know, I, I just, I'm over trusting kickers. Like, I'm I'm at least running the ball a few times before I, I kick on third down because I'm not just having immediate faith in any kicker in the NFL. And I said, one, I mean, the distance that with that kick went overtime was, was, was an extra point. Like I mean, 37 it, yards. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing, right? Like, it, I, I get the, the concept of not trusting a kicker, and if I don't have Justin Tucker about anything, you know, 43 yards out or longer, I might, I might listen to that argument. But – once you get to that point and the Seahawks now know either they're punching the ball out or they're losing the game because the Steelers are already in field goal range. If you run the ball, that's all they're doing. They're going in there just coming guns blazing trying to punch the ball out. And because of that, I don't I don't want them to run the ball because now I'm running, taking an unnecessary risk of a bunch of dudes just coming in there. They don't care if they get a 15-yard penalty. They don't care if they miss because the Steelers are already in field goal range. So they're going to come in there just punching the crap out. That's all they're going to do in that scenario mm-hmm. is just try to stand some, stand up Najee Harris and try to punch the ball out. So I'm not doing that. If if I didn't have Ben Roethlisberger as my quarterback, I might take a shot to the end zone the way the Raiders – remember the Raiders did that on Monday Night Football in week one where it looked like they were going to run uh, try the field goal, and then they were like, well, this is crazy. Why are we just going to trust a kicker instead of – taking a shot when the Ravens are going to be coming gung-ho after us, knowing we're already in field goal range, and we can probably slip a wide receiver behind in one-on-one coverage and score a touchdown and win the game. That, to me, is what you do in that scenario, but the Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger as their quarterback, and he's not very good at throwing the ball anymore, so I can certainly understand why they didn't want to take that risk either and why they just said, the hell with it. Let's just make the kick and be done with it. Like Let's just uh, get it over with. Have kickers... Have kickers always been this bad, and we're just now noticing it because they push the extra point back, or are we just in a new era of well, mediocrity? Particularly with the extra point, yes. There's no doubt about that. But, no, the stats still bear out the kicking is better than it was. Like, you still see more made 50-plus-yard kicks than you've ever seen before. It's the consistency that's been weird. Yeah. And I think it speaks more to, like, it, the, the Ravens are very fortunate to have the same combination of long snapper, holder, kicker for a very long time. And they... Obviously, that changed a little bit this year, and it hasn't changed anything. They, they, you know, the, the operation has still been quite good and historically quite good. 
But most teams don't have that. Most teams' holder changes regularly because they use a quarterback as their holder. and the quarterback. Most teams' operation changes wildly, and so the consistency, we see a guy miss a kick, we miss something in the operation. Like a special teams analyst would come in and say, you know, dude, it was a terrible snap. It was a terrible hold. It was, you know, all these things that were problematic in this process. It's not really even the kicker's fault. To the point, the Jaguars with the in the morning game yesterday ended up getting back-to-back 50-plus yards kicks from a dude that had all four field goals in his life before yesterday and was on the practice squad until like the day before and then ended up making two 50-yard field goals with the game on the line in order to win the get their first win of the season against the Dolphins. So as a whole, kicking is still better. It's just that the consistency is puzzling. It's yeah. puzzling in the extra point thing as well. All right, for the week, uh, as far as picks are concerned, I went 6-3. and three. I was top dog this week uh, because I went 6-0 in NFL games. KZ went 5-4. and four. Everybody else went 4-5, and five, Kyle Proctor and Stetka. So because of that, KZ is still atop the table. Uh, he's the only one of us over 500 at 30-29. and 29. He's one game clear of myself, three games on top of Kyle and Stetka, five games ahead of John Proctor. At the top of the table, we're playing for a little bit of cash. At the bottom of the table, somebody's going to have to come in here and uh, perform a hero from uh, the original Spider-Man movie while consuming an actual tarantula and also getting their back wax. That's what you're trying to avoid at the bottom of the table. That is what is at stake in our picks contest. Let's dish out some... Oh, you know who checked in with their pats in the ass this morning? Kyle Ottenheimer did. Still wanting to play along. I love that. Still wanting to play along for pats in the ass. That's great. All right, Pats on the Ass, uh, brought to you this morning by, you know what, I was just talking about Project Game Day, so let's make it Project Game Day. Uh, it was one of the shorter episodes of Project Game Day we've ever done uh, post-game yesterday because there, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. It was an ass-kicking. It was a beatdown for the Baltimore Ravens. But we're with you every game day, all season long, brought to you by Window Nation, Glory Days Grill, and Underdog Fantasy Football. At Project Game Day, you find the halftime show, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. You can find the postgame show there as well, as well as at pressboxonline.com slash radio. Uh, this coming week, it'll be the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, who will be joining me for Project Game Day for the big Baltimore-Cincinnati matchup, first divisional game of the season. We will see you then for Project Game Day. All right, Pat's on the ass. As you know, this does not change. Uh, uh, Paul and I, in fact, what I liked uh, about Paul is when he came in this morning, uh, just to get in the spirit for pats on the ass, he came right up and he gave me a pat on the ass, which I thought was nice. I said, thank you. You know what? I've been working out. Thank you for noticing. I can tell it's probably that bike that you were talking about. Thank you for noticing. I appreciate that. And I appreciate, you know, Paul on on day one trying to get in the spirit of the, uh, the segment by saying, if we're going to be dishing out some pats on the ass, we should do it more regularly. Um, (laughs) the point being, you know how pats on the ass work. Pick five Ravens, rank them five to one. Two must be offensive players, two must be defensive players. The other can be a special teams player, a coach, another offensive, another defensive player. It's just a wild card. Uh, The fifth player on your list or the fifth Raven on your list can be whoever you want. I think there are a lot of options for this week. So I don't know that there can be many wrong answers because I just think there are a lot of options. Uh, I coalesced around five that I felt I wanted to recognize, but – I'm even telling you outright, like I've seen some other people's lists, and I'm like, yeah, I could have gone with that person. I absolutely could have gone with that guy instead. So I don't think there can be many wrong answers this week because, again, that's what happens when you win 34-6. to There are a lot of correct answers. Uh, Paul, I'll start with my number five. My number five is uh, the man that just, I, I, you know, I might have to take him on the list because he just dogged us. Uh, it's fullback Patrick Ricard. Um, 
he played a lot more. He got a lot more snaps. And like you saw in the Murray touchdown run, he had an amazing pancake on that particular touchdown run. He played a little bit more. They were dominant on the ground. I couldn't help but notice that Patrick Ricard might have played a role in the success of the run game yesterday. He was number five on my list. 80% of the offensive snaps, they, they run for their most yardage since week two. Uh, I, I have no problem with that pick. Great pick. You're number five? Josh Bynes. Uh, Much higher on my list. Uh, I had Josh Bynes at number five. Um, he did something that ra- the Ravens and their linebackers have yet to be able to do very well this year. He tackled. Led the team in tackles. He had a tackle for a loss. He he had a good game and kind of solidified that linebacker position um, when that was a, a glaring weakness last week. I just got – I'm sorry, Paul. I just got this email. I had a trade proposed, proposed to me in a fantasy football league. You, you tell me what you think about this. I would give up – I would I would give up Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Pretty good football player, yeah, right? Guy yeah. you like. I like Jamar Chase quite a bit. Now, what do you think I would get back in return? For Jamar Chase, yeah, you at least got to get another wide receiver okay. who, who, who you can put in your starting lineup every day, uh-huh. and maybe a flex running back. Maybe a flex running back, too. Well, you know what I was offered? What? Matt Gay, the Rams kicker. I'm not kidding about this. this Who's is trying actual, to make you the patsy of this league? This is an actual trade offer that was made to me today. I told you about the trade offer I got last week, right, where somebody offered me Russell Wilson, James Conner, and some other, like, backup running back for Tom Brady and Alvin Kamara. Uh, I, people do this and be like, oh, I'm just trying to start the conversation. Like, yeah, maybe start it a little bit more legitimate way. You're trying to take advantage is <laughs> well, what no, you're trying I, to do. I, I, this person is, I know who this person is. They are far too smart to think that they are going to be able to get me to make a trade like that. I, I know this person uh, that's ridiculous. well. ridiculous. Anyway, sorry. Josh Bynes, uh, much higher on my list. Much higher on my list. We'll get to that. Um, my number four, my number four is Latavius Murray. And you could say, hey, everybody ran the ball, so how do you pick one of them? Well, because he was the first one. Because he was the first guy that really established the run yesterday. And in, in acknowledging that a big part of the story was the run to me, the fact that he came right out of the shoot and established the run, and everybody kind of built off of there. And I don't know if he doesn't get hurt, you know, what, what he ends up finishing with. Clearly his total for the game was not overwhelming. Um, but he came out, he established the run, and to me, that's why uh, he's worthy of being on the list. I'm certainly understanding of somebody else saying, hey, look, man, you know, guy runs the ball for what it would end up being, 40, 44 yards. I don't think that's worthy of uh, making the list. I get it. I, I will understand that prerogative, but um, Latavius Murray is my number four. I have Devontae Freeman as okay. my number four. Uh, look, for the first time this season, in my opinion, uh, he looked to be a difference maker in the run game. And to and the run game, yes, because he yeah. had made some nice plays as a pass catcher. The, yeah, the, last the, week yep. he definitely mm-hmm. did. Um, but look, he had 53, 53 yards on nine carries, five, almost six yards a carry. Uh, he had the touchdown. He seemed to hit the holes with more authority, and he seemed to win races to the outside. Uh, and I thought that he just – and the one thing that he did that Murray didn't do is he stayed on the field. Uh, right, Murray ended up leaving the game with an injury. We don't think it's too serious. Freeman came out of that game healthy, and that's why he gets an out over Murray. I understand that. I understand that choice. Like I said, there can't really be that many wrong answers this week. Uh, my number three was Mark Andrews. The man's a monster. I don't know what else there is to say about it. He's unbelievably reliable. I get, you know, he's. it's not like he hasn't had drops. He had one, in fact, just last week. But they bounced back from that quite nicely in the Colts game. 
Um, but he's been a monster, and he continues to produce. I saw uh, people enjoyed. Uh, Trey Wingo made a joke yesterday on Twitter that I I I used to try to get some I it, I, I bit a bit on in order to try to get some attention for myself because that's the way that Twitter works. That's what you do. Uh, I'm trying to find what he said. He said something like, "Oh, for Pete's sake, why can't I find it now? This is annoying. <laughs> this is annoying. When I need s- oh, here we go. Trey Wingo said, "Oh, that's not what I clicked on. There we go. That's the one. I feel like Mark Andrews has 400 catches in the last two games." which I said back, this is factually inaccurate, and I expect more from a journalist. It's 389. <laughs> Mark Andrews has been a monster. Uh, finished yesterday, obviously. The, the, again, even the numbers you would say, by Mark Andrews' standards, aren't even overwhelming. Five catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. That's, what is that, 18 fantasy points? Like, it's not even, I think he had 43 the week before fantasy points. Um, but, but he's that dude, um, and he's continued to be that dude. He's number three for me. Number three for me was Deshaun Elliott. I thought He's he number, played number two on my list. Yeah, Andrews is number two on my list. Um, Elliot to me played arguably his best game as a pro. Uh, he had a sack. He had a sack. Yeah, I believe he had a tackle for a loss. He had two passes defensed. He had that that big interception that was immediately followed by an interception. But you know that's not his fault. Uh, it, I, to me, he looked like the best version I've ever seen of him, and he helped. He and Chuck Clark made the safeties a a, a force. Yesterday, so Elliot's my number three. Uh, Elliot was a monster. I mean, he was an yeah. absolute monster. Yeah. Um, was a missing piece, and he was phenomenal yesterday. And yeah, he's my number two for those reasons. Uh, everything you said, he was an absolute force, um, and and a player to be reckoned with, and a disruptor. And I and I don't know what else there is to say. He was everything. You, he was all over the field. He was everything you could ask for. He's number two for me. You said Andrews was your number two. Andrews was my number two. It's funny that you called him reliable because the first two words on my uh, in my paragraph is. Old reliable. He's the guy that Lamar turns to when he needs a first down it's or a the big old, play. It's the old Terrell Suggs line. It's the white tight end. It's Visa. It's everywhere you want it to be. I mean, it's. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, he, he caught the touchdown. Uh, he is. He's a top five tight end in the league. I think we can all agree to that. Yes. And and he's a difference maker on offense. No doubt about it. All right. So this is interesting because I don't know who your number one is. I'm assuming yours is Lamar Jackson. No, my number one is Josh Bynes. Lamar Jack. It's not like Lamar Jackson was bad yesterday. He just. You know he did, he, he wasn't Superman because he didn't have to be. It's not it's not just that he wasn't Superman. Like the he was Lamar Jackson was good yesterday. And and by, and to the point, if he had needed to be, maybe Lamar Jackson would have had a phenomenal day yesterday. Yeah, but I don't know. He wasn't phenomenal, and he wasn't he was he was good. And that's about all I could say about Lamar Jackson from yesterday. With the with the one pick standing out as being particularly bad mm-hmm. the other right? one not his like, fault at no, all. no the other one I, I i don't blame him for whatsoever but the first one was particularly bad like there's no getting around it right i'm not beating up lamar like if uh, this isn't uh he was one of the worst players of the day he just on a day where there were a lot of guys that played really well and he just kind of played well he didn't stand out in a way to make the list to me he managed the game yeah i mean he right. did right he did what he needed to do but the story to me was the run game and the defense yesterday like the story of the day to me was running the ball on defense and so Lamar was further down. Like I mean, if we did a top ten, maybe he'd you know he'd be in the top ten. I think. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I could have gotten to ten players without Lamar being one of them. But just yesterday, he wasn't one of the top five to me. So your number one was Marlon Humphrey. It, okay, it, Marlon All Humphrey. Right. He got that big contract last year. I thought he's been middling this year. Uh, yesterday, he locked down Mike Williams all day. Two catches, twenty-seven yards, and one of those catches was a twenty-six yarder. Um, after the Lamar interception, and Marlon Humphrey held the guy who leads the NFL in touchdown 
receptions to two catches. He was locked down. He was a shutdown corner yesterday, and he's my number one. That that, that offense put up 208 yards. I mean, I'm, I'm Marlon Humphrey was great. It was a guy that I considered. He didn't make my list, but I mean, I I got no problem. He was excellent. But part of that is that's sort of the standard for Marlon Humphrey and. And to, to that point, it's almost difficult sometimes for Marlon Humphrey to make the list because teams don't they, they just don't, don't throw, throw at him, yeah. right? So it's almost difficult for him to make the list because of it. Um, my number one is Josh Bynes. That's my number one. And the reason why my number one is Josh Bynes is it's similar to the argument that I made a year ago when I wrote the column about why Stephon Diggs was worthy of um, getting MVP votes, that I saw what the Buffalo Bills were the year before Stephon Diggs was there. They weren't good. And then Stefan Diggs showed up, and they were the best offense in football. And nothing else changed. Just that. And not taking anything away from Josh Allen, who I thought his game also improved, my point was, why is that not something that's worthy of discussion in the most valuable player conversation? This is as cut and dry as it possibly can be to me. I have the evidence of what you were before this dude, and now I have the evidence of what you are after this dude got here. How is that not, like, what, what am I missing? And it's the same argument that I would make for yesterday. I saw the Ravens' defense without Josh Bynes. It wasn't good. <laughs> they got their ass handed to him. They sure did. And then I saw it with Josh Bynes. And again, with Josh Bynes flying all over the field and making plays. Like, it's not, somebody showing up is one thing. Showing up and playing really well and... They shut down Justin Herbert and the Chargers, who had been a dominant offense. How is Josh Bynes not number one on my list? That's the thing that changed. And Deshaun Elliott, too, is my number two coming back. And it changed everything. And I can't explain it. And it's I'm oversimplifying it for sure. I get that. Like, there's to you know, other people's points. You know, Justin Herbert says Wink Martindale you know, throws some some things at him. Like, I, I get it, but Josh Bynes was phenomenal. And a defense that was porous became exceptional. And that was the only tangible difference. Josh Bynes is my number one. Let's get to some of yours. Uh, Pat's on the ass. Hit me up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Um, Oh, Zach Goodman from the Bataround chimes in. I like that. Zach says five Humphrey, four Greg Roman, three Lamar, two Mark Andrews, one Deshaun Elliott. Um, Greg Roman certainly this this to me probably his best called game. I 100% agree that Greg Roman is worthy of consideration. Our buddy Matt Pine five Bynes, four Roman, three Lamar, two Andrews, one Elliott. I think that's that's almost exactly the same list as Zach. He just switched out Humphrey for Bynes. Uh, Callum, five, Ricard. We agree on Ricard. Four, Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark was great. Three, Mark Andrews. Two, Marlon Humphrey. One, Deshaun Elliott. Um, from Nick, five, Wink Martindale. Very worthy of consideration. Four, Humphrey. Three, Andrews. Two, Bynes. One, Ricard. An absolute monster yesterday. I mean, he was great. Nobody's debating that. I don't know about number one, but he was damn good. Uh, Matt Myers, five, Bateman. I, Bateman was somebody that could have made my list if not for the, the you know, that thing if not for the drop if yeah. if he doesn't drop that ball then you know everything else i saw from rashad bateman i liked a lot but that was pretty egregious even in your first nfl game you so, can't that can't happen somebody said why is he not getting the same energy that hollywood gets and i said hollywood drops touchdowns whereas he dropped a second and six with his team up five 
four touchdowns. Well, I mean, if this is something that he, if he, this is something that he does regularly over the course of a season or something like that, then yeah, he'll get a lot of that energy. If this becomes a pattern, that will right. happen. It's it's one drop on a day where he had otherwise played really well. Um, like you know, that that's something to come. That didn't happen the first time Marquise Brown dropped the ball. He didn't get uh, negative Twitter energy. That didn't right. happen. Uh, of course, his first game was quite good. That was the game against the Dolphins. It, it, it was it was a tremendous day for Marquise Brown that day. Uh, from Eddie, uh, f- yeah, you're cheating, Eddie. You can't make it all the running backs. You got to pick one. That's the way it goes. Uh, four Humphrey, three Bynes, two Ricard, one Elliott. Paul from Ovilando, five Andrews, four Lamar, three Elliott, two Marlon Humphrey, one Josh Bynes. Coincidence or not? Best the defense have looked all season with him in the middle next to Queen. He seemed to be in the right place at the right time all game. We agree, Paul. We concur about that. JC, five, Freeman, four, Elliott, three, Anthony Averett. Uh, uh, I mean, I get that he bounced back a little bit. And he like I, I'm all for saying, you know, after what happened, I just he couldn't be one of my top five. Two Bynes, one Andrews, and Kyle Ottenheimer, who I thought died. I, you know, it's amazing that he's back. <laughs> back from the dead. Amazing. Five, Lamar, four, Mark Andrews, three, Wink Martindale, two, Josh Bynes, one, Deshaun Elliott. Continue to get me your pats on the ass at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will share them out throughout the course of the day, and Paul will get them posted at glennclarkradio.com here momentarily. We're into hour number two of the program. It's brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, literally your final couple of days. Later this week, the new print issue of Pressbox will be available. It's our college basketball preview, if you will, or our college basketball-themed issue. So just a couple more days before this one's gone with Marlon Humphrey on the cover. Get to your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all, pressboxonline.com. We'll come back in. Uh, Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN was at the game yesterday working the broadcast for ESPN Radio on the sideline. We'll talk to him next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Sports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by Pressbox, Grade Eights memorabilia, and True Strong Services. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Matt Myers is mad because I I, I did. I, I was mad about his number five, or I disagree with his number five, and I didn't even read the rest of the list. That's true. Matt, Duvernay, four, three, Averett, two, Ricard, one, Elliot. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I did just get thrown up. And by the way, I liked a lot of what I saw from Rashad Bateman yesterday. I'm, I, overall, I'm happy about Rashad Bateman. It's just that the, when the bad is that egregious, it disqualifies you from making my list. That's the way that it goes. Strong debut otherwise. Yes, otherwise. A lot to like. Otherwise, an awful lot to like about what we saw from uh, from day one. From day one with Rashad Bateman. Hey, tonight, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimms are going to catch up with Dan Duquette. You've heard of him. You're familiar with his work. Talk some baseball with the guys tonight at 6 on Facebook Live. Facebook.com slash Sports. If you miss it, you'll be able to see it tomorrow. Uh, pressboxonline.com slash video. It's uh, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley talking baseball with Dan Duquette tonight, 6 o'clock. You want to make sure you are tuned in for that. Glenn Clark Radio, I'm Glenn. He's Paul. It's day one of the new program. Appreciate you guys uh, being with us and appreciate... Uh, uh, by the way, just uh, we should probably do like a, a quick getting to know you thing for people that don't. Uh, Paul, of course, is a baseball guy. Um, you do the bat around every Saturday, and we mm-hmm. encourage people to listen to that. And is, so, was baseball always your first love, or um, for as long as I can remember? Okay, baseball has been my first love. I still remember my first t-ball game. Uh, wow. And actually, I never played t-ball. It was actually oddly, I remember it too. I hit three home runs. We kicked your ass, Valley. <laughs> no, I remember because I had my co- the coaches on the mound pitching, and I was playing the pitching position, standing next to him. Okay. And a pop up came, and he yelled to me, "Heads up!" And I'm five, right? So I or five or six. So when somebody says "heads up," it's the first time I'd ever heard it. I looked up. And all I remember is looking up and seeing my coach's hand come onto my face and knock me to the ground so the ball didn't hit me in the face. Well, well, well. <laughs> Not a great start, but yet you stuck with it anyway. Stuck with it. I got better. Yeah. I, I, I was generally the best player I took, on my I took team a line drive up. to the eye once when I was about, I want to say, eight. It was, it, was one of the, it was one of the few times I ever pitched because I was not good. And I mean, it was the last time I ever pitched. Yeah. 
I'm sure. And it was, I mean, it was a screaming. I want to say for some reason, we were, it was like eight to 10 year olds. Like it was a little bit more of an age range than normal. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that one of the 10 year olds, I mean, it was a big, and I remember being a big kid, Jeremy Robinson, I can remember to this day, big kid, screaming liner right at my eye. I mean, it was the type of thing that now, like if it happened in a baseball game, I swear like they would stop the game. Oh, like, I'm sure. It was, it was bad. I mean, it was really bad. Now at the time, because we were all quite, it was 1991 or whatever year it was at that point. I don't even know that, like, the, I think they might have tried to tell me to stay in the game. Like, a mangled eye. Rub some dirt on it. I mean, my God, it was a different time then. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not better that we have, we've grown and we've, we, we should take care of these things and recognize that head injuries are real. I think that's a good thing. Uh, but that's just not the way that the world was in 1991. So I take the screaming line drive to the eye. I am freaking the F out. Like, I am panicking mm-hmm. because it was a direct shot, dude. It was a direct shot. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, I mean, I've served. I, I tr- totally don't think about it at all anymore. Totally <laughs> yeah, over totally it. Totally not at all. Totally over it. Um, so baseball was your first love, mm-hmm. um, and you stayed with it as being your your number one. It's your like if if you seeded everything, baseball would still be the the top seed. Yeah. Well, well Laura's the top seed now. Oh, all right. Well, uh, it, it's, uh, by the way, it's his wife. You should probably yeah. point that. Not everybody knows that. I know yeah. that, but yeah. not everyone knows that. It might just be like you know a, a sex doll or something. I, like well, that. I, I told her. I told her when I asked her to marry me, I love you more than baseball, which is ah, a big it's thing. It's a big statement for you. It's a, that it's is a, a big, big statement for you. So yeah, but no baseball, <laughs> non-wife wise. Right. Baseball is and always will be. My first love. If I made it through the 14 years from 98 to through 2011, yeah, sure. uh, I'm never leaving. Yeah, correct. Right? There's no doubt about that. Um, you're f- you're from Harford County originally? Harford County. I went to uh, Falston High School. A cougar? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's, for, that's what you are. Yeah, I'm, I I, I'm a Falston. I think you know some people I went to school yeah, with. Yeah, we've, uh, we've chewed some of the same dirt over the years. <laughs> <laughs> chewed some of the same dirt. I don't think I've ever heard that terminology. Oh, that's a that's a thing. That's a fr- I don't even know. I don't honest guy couldn't tell you where I've heard it from, but it's yeah. a f- it's a phrase that people have used over the year. Chewed some of the same dirt over the years. Um and and uh, j- did you ever leave the, you've been in the area your entire life? Um yeah, n- I I mean I moved to Towson right. for a year and a half. I went to Frostburg for a year because okay. for some reason I decided to go to, go to school out there. Freezing from yeah, November to not, March. Not, just, not, just not, ple- not a pleasant place no. to be during the winter months. There's a reason. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you don't have much to do other than party uh, when, I, when I, it's that miserable out I, there. I, I dated a girl who went to Frostburg, and I I realized what she was telling me, and I didn't, like, you, you end up, you get bunned up real quick mm-hmm. because it's way too cold to do anything other. Way too cold to do anything other than uh, hook up. There was, there was one class that I never even went to because it was on the complete opposite side of campus, and it was so cold. I'm like, I'm not walking over there. I did that, by the way, and I wasn't even at Frostburg. (laughs) There were a lot of mornings like that at UMBC or at Maryland, where I was just picking at Maryland because it was such a, the the campus was so effing massive. Right. That, like, if you realized, you know, you you had a 30-minute walk in front of you on a winter morning, you're like, I'm good. I'm I'm good. You know, I got a PlayStation. Um, I'm all right here. Exactly. I'm just going to stay right here. Um, well, it's good to have you. It's uh, it's Paul and I moving forward, and we're gonna try, as we said, we're gonna try some different things. We're gonna uh, toss some things around, and you know, we'll do some of the same things that we've done in the past. Paul didn't open this morning. We're gonna do a tidbit, and and we'll just see. And if we decide we want to mix things up, we're gonna reserve that right. We've been doing this show for seven years, and some of these things even predate predate this show. Some of these things go back to my radio show. Like we've done tidbits since you know for a decade or something like that. 
Um, so um, some things will uh, mix up. Some things will stay the exact same. That's what the show will look like moving forward. Um, we will find out. We will find out. It's a good opportunity to um, to see what might stick, to see what we might want to change up. It's just uh, just what we're we're seeing about as we move forward here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. It was yesterday. I know that. If you were there, you were probably quite happy. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. You're going to want to be there to see things like, you know, uh, kicking Justin Herbert's ass as uh, the Ravens demolished the Chargers yesterday. Speaking of which, our next guest was there as he was working the sidelines. Oh, hello. Is, yeah, it's all right. It's day one. We'll, fit, we'll get these things cleaned up. He was working the sidelines yesterday for uh, ESPN Radio and their broadcast of Ravens Chargers. We welcome into the program Mr. Ian Fitzsimmons, who joins us now here on GCR. Ian, it's Glenn and uh, Paul here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. My, my pleasure, guys. I uh, appreciate you having me. How are we doing? Everything is good. I mean, after after yesterday, how could everything not be good in Baltimore, right? I mean, more Look, I, that was that, I wasn't expecting that. No. Man. Uh, you know, Ben Hartsock, who played over ten years in the league and played with guys like Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan, and he's our color analyst, and uh, and Kat Mark Kestisher, our outstanding play-by-play guy. You know, we're, we're in our, our pregame meeting, and, and we're all expecting, you know, finals possession. You know, this is going to be an epic game, game of the day. And, Man, Baltimore made the Chargers, a damn good Chargers team, look pedestrian. I mean, Justin Herbert just looked like a shell of himself. He never got in a rhythm. Uh, that defense was suffocating. And then, you know, I mean, that, that alien named Lamar Jackson, I mean, he, he's not human. Uh, he made one move up the right boundary, and he, he came right at me where <laughs> I, I don't know how any human does this. He made two players in one move go in different directions. I mean, it was like that scene out of Top Gun, man. You know, when all, all of a sudden, you know, the, uh, oh, yeah. Bikes, yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, I, we, he went this way and I went that way. They said, where'd he go? I said, where'd who go? Well, the who was Lamar Jackson. And, and one dude went one way, the other went the other, and he went right between them. I'm going, how the hell does that happen? I mean, it, 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 he is just a, a pleasure to watch. And talking to the several Raven players before the game, I, mean, I said, what's it like? Just What does he do in practice every day? And to a man, every one of them, I saw three or four guys I talked to said, I have to remind myself every day not to let this become normal. Appreciate mm-hmm. what this dude does every day because it's not human. You, you can't, don't let yourself get used to watching right. what this dude does. And yesterday, he, th- look at the stats, man. Statistically, it wasn't a great nope. game for Lamar Jackson. And that was the most impressive thing about Baltimore because they took L.A.'s will and just threw it right back in their face. It was remarkable to watch. That's so, a hell of a football game. So you, you're covering a couple things I want to get to. By the way, I, I think we also need to point out that he, Lamar Jackson had a one-yard run yesterday that was one of the most exciting plays you'll see in football this year. Like, yeah, he ran like 40 yards for a buck. Correct. Yeah, incredible. Um, I, I want to go here before, before I get to what you're talking about. I, the story of yesterday to you, Ian, was more about the Ravens, more about the Chargers, or more about the NFL being a goofy league where things can happen one week and they don't mean anything by the time you get to next week. Well, look, man, my brother's been coaching in this league for a long time. When he got into the league, you know, he said, uh, he's like, look, you know, it, it, it's hard to win on Sundays. I mean, and, and anybody who says, well, that team has this record or whatever, you know, you, you, should, you should destroy them. No, those guys are getting paid too. You know, I mean, it, it's truly a week-to-week league. And I, and I have more of an appreciation for that over the last decade than I ever have. 
Uh, but, you know, to me, yesterday's game was more about the Ravens, not the Chargers. I mean, you know, even the Chargers did not look like the same team I saw on film. Uh, not, I mean, look at the shell of it. I think a lot of that was what the Baltimore Ravens did. I mean, it, it was beyond impressive. Physically just dominated the line of scrimmage. And remember, you know, for, for part of that game, without Bradley Bozeman, their outstanding center, who got, who got a lower back injury, uh, and then uh, uh, most of the game without Patrick Queen. You know, you're starting inside backer. You know, he left with that, that thigh contusion. So, uh, you know, couple that with all the other injuries they've had to deal with, and they still physically took the will of the Chargers. I mean, that, that was the most impressive thing. Lamar Jackson didn't have to be a hero. He, he, he easily, you know, and, and, and did. This is a credit to him. Morphed into a bus driver. You know, let me just manage this game and let's get out of here with, a, with a, a, an impressive 34-6 to win. And, the only, and, and defensively is what stood out to me for Baltimore. I mean, that's, that's a dynamic L.A. offense. And the only score they got was off the, the Jackson pick, where he, he made an, an, an out-of-character-for-this-season mistake. Right, you right. Know? And it was a long-developing play, and, and you know, he just didn't see the inside backer. Just, just completely missed him. And that's the only points they got on a short field. Other than that, I mean, it, it, they pitched a shutout. So, to me, it was more about what Baltimore was able to do physically, mauling a damn good Charger team uh, than, than anything else. It, it, was, it was extremely impressive to watch. He's Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN Radio. He was on the sidelines yesterday for the Ravens win over the Chargers. He's with us now here on GCR. Ian, what you allude to, um, to me, the sign, and I, you know, the Bills are obviously in this conversation. We'll see what happens with them tonight. The sign to me of why the Ravens, obviously their record is one thing, but what, what jumps out is the way they've won these five games in so many different ways. And to me, it's almost more impressive than the 2019 Ravens, who were dominant in the top seed in the AFC and steamrolled everyone. But they did it all just doing the same thing, playing bully ball, right? Establishing who they were, imposing their will, and, and forcing you to crack. This, to me, is strangely even more impressive than that because they're doing it in so many different ways. They're yeah, doing- and, and if you had Le'Veon Bell and, uh, and Devontae Freeman in your office pool scoring touchdowns, right. yes, check. I mean, that, that, you're like, wait, what? I mean, Le'Veon Bell just got called up, man. I mean, and, and, and he hits Peter, which, by the way, this is when you know you have an outstanding play design. On that play, I'm standing on a goal line. And the moment Lamar Jackson hands him the football, his back is to the play. Go back and watch this. He takes a little peek, and that was it. And then he's going toward the bench with his arms in the air, touchdown. Doesn't even watch. Right. Because he knew right. it. I mean, and, you know, and look at the hole. That, it wasn't a hole, man. It was, it was an alley that Lamar, I mean, that Le'Veon Bell just walked into. That's the kind of chemistry these guys have going right now. And, and the, one of the reasons I think they're so dominant, watching the way they interact behind the bench, man, they all love each other. I mean, it's a team that likes one another. They're playing for the guy next to them. And that, that's rare in this league. The last time I saw chemistry early in a season like that, like what I witnessed behind the bench for the Ravens, was the Seahawks in the Legion of Boom. Hmm. But I had them, in, but this was week 15 when I saw them in person in their Super Bowl uh, year when they just dismantled the Giants. I, don't, I can't remember. The Giants may have crossed the 50 once. Yeah. But it was, it was late in the game when all of a sudden, you know, the chatter behind the Seahawks bench was, hey, they haven't crossed the 50 yet. And then that's when, you know, Bobby Wagner and those guys were like, new, new goal, new goal, they don't cross the 50. Right, Dude, right. These guys don't right. want to beat you. They want to embarrass you. And they went on to win the whole thing. Now, I'm not saying Baltimore is anywhere near what that team was, but the attitude of that team, they all – the like when Bradley Bozeman got hurt, right, before he, before he came back in the game and then left – 
I mean, defensive guys. So many dudes coming up going, you good? You good? I mean, you know, it's you don't see that very often behind an NFL team. That's more of a college-type feel. And the, the NFL teams that I've witnessed that have that kind of camaraderie, uh, that don't want to just beat you, they want to maul you, and they, and they actually care about each other, man, that's rare, man. It truly is rare, and I saw that yesterday with Baltimore. Do you, do you, what you saw from the defense, I mean, the de- this was a defense that had just gotten their ass kicked the week before by the Indianapolis Colts, right? Rebounded like, big, yep. So, so do do how much do we take from that, Ian, right? Like, that's the, that's the part that it's I guess... It's a week-to-week maybe, league, Coach, yep, just like yep, we talked about, man. Yep. And, and this week, they were dominant. And by the way, one other thing, man, I haven't seen Calais Campbell in person in like three years. That's a mountain of a man. Oh, he is. I mean, that, that's an impressive human right there. And, I mean, and who's still he, playing unbelievable football this deep into oh, his career. I mean, it's crazy, I mean, right? It's crazy. It, it, look, he only I think he had four tackles yesterday, but what he does in, in, in occupying space is invaluable. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, and again, it goes back to that chemistry factor. You know, Campbell was one of the first dudes to come up to, you know, well, when, when, Bozeman came off the field, and Cologne had to go in. Campbell was one of the first dudes to come up to him. You know, not not you know, an all, not not someone a backup O lineman or whatever. No, man, it's, it's defensive dudes. So I'm telling you, that is not common in, in the league. You know, it's 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 very regimented. Defense is over here, offense is over here, special teams over here, and let's go, let's go play ball. You know, it's very, you know, not, not for lack of a better term, clickish. Not this squad. I mean, it, it was it, that, that's a that's a true unit out there. And I'm not talking offense, defense, special teams. I'm talking all together. And when you have that, man, it, you, you can you can find ways to win in in, in yeah, week to week. You know, it may it may be yep. hanging a 47 burger on somebody, or yep. maybe you know the defense nearly pitches a shutout. That is one of the most impressive aspects of this team. I agree. I completely agree. I wrote about it this morning for Pressbox, man. I completely agree. It's what makes the team so impressive. I also wonder, Ian, and you know, there's no way of knowing this. I wonder if that's easier to happen when you have Lamar Jackson on your football team, right? Like, and this well, it doesn't hurt, right? Sure, it doesn't. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't know what it was like for Colts play. You know, we didn't have that guy in Baltimore for a very long time. And no offense, Joe Flacco certainly had his moments, and, and we enjoyed them. But like. I don't know if you talk to guys that played with Peyton Manning in Indianapolis, they'd be like, yeah, it was always like that because we knew we had that guy. Like, I don't know if that just comes from, yes, our life is better because this is the guy that's our quarterback, so everybody's going to have a better mood. Of course we are. Like, I, I don't know if there's something that comes from that or if we, you know, we credit it to John Harbaugh or whatever we credit it to because otherwise we're talking about a team, everything you just said, you're talking about a team that's lost 16 players this year. 16 players yeah, they've lost and they find ways to win man and look yep. when you have a great quarterback and, and Hartstock references I mean he played with Peyton Manning he yep. played with Matt Ryan you know he played with Cam Newton in his MVP uh, year you know in Carolina I mean so he's played with some damn good quarterbacks and he said when you have a great one you just you have a little extra oomph every, every single week because you know playoff checks are on the horizon ah, you know no, I mean, no question and, and that that just gives you even if you're down like go back to last week right even when you're down, you still have that thing called hope because you know you got you have a star at the most important position, not in football but in all of sports. So when you have that guy, you know, man, it, it, it gives you, and it, as Ben said yesterday, you take that extra rep in the weight room. You spend a little extra more time in film because you know every single week you got a shot. I'd say it's a great way of saying it. It's a great way of saying it. Uh, can you send a thank you to your brother for us for taking care of the Browns yesterday? That uh, <laughs> we uh, we appreciated that. That one was one that we were a little nervous about when 
they were without their head coach, and they were without uh, Chandler hey, man, Jones. Little, little bro coaches special teams. He wasn't calling offensive plays. Yeah. But, uh, hey, they're 6-0, and and I'm proud of them. I don't want to jinx anything. So man. That, that's a damn good football team. There's Again, no doubt. I need you guys a little nod, so a little, little thumbs up on the men out yeah, we, we, in the desert for we you. We greatly appreciate it, Ian. We greatly uh, appreciate uh, them taking care of that, man. That is, uh, that is good stuff. Ian Fitzsimmons, what can we plug for you, man? Where are people, you know, when, where, what, what all what all should we be plugging for you, man? Man, I got Tennessee, Alabama this week at, in Tuscaloosa. So when you get to go watch one of the best college football teams in, uh, in, in the land, uh, it's always a privilege, especially against a rival like Tennessee. So I'll be over there at 6 o'clock, kick central time, seven-year time, man, with uh, Sean Kelly and, uh, and the three-time national champion, Barrett Jones. So pumped for that one. And then uh, tonight, man, we're on after ALCS, Freddie Coleman and I, so yeah. on ESPN Radio. So I appreciate the pub and. And uh, look forward to seeing travel and did you, every single week. Uh, I, I know, I mean, because I, I arranged this with Ben. Did you get? Were you at Jimmy's on Saturday night? Dude, I wasn't, man. Um, oh. I had LSU in Florida. All right, well, that was a pretty good one. That was a pretty good one. That's not a bad that's a hell of a game. Yeah, yeah. So not it, a bad it was way a to weary spend the travel night. time, but I I got full reviews and reports uh, from uh, the, the great eight eight. I, I call him that because that's the number he wore at Ohio State when I was doing a show at Herb Street back in Columbus and. He was playing for the Buckeyes. I've always referred to him at going back to that that good kids movie, The Little Giant. I love it. So eighty-eight crushed some crab, man. He, I think he gained about eight pounds. Speaking of eight, <laughs> right? Uh, he just had one piece of Jimmy. So you gave him a hell of a recommendation. I'm sad I missed it. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad he enjoyed it. Sorry you couldn't make it. Hopefully next time you get to enjoy it. Ian, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Enjoy your week. Let's talk again soon. All right. Done and done. And anytime you got the number, be well. Ian Fitz, ESPN on Twitter is how you follow him. He's Ian Fitzsimmons, and appreciate him hopping on with us after he saw the Ravens up close and in person yesterday in that uh, ass-kicking that they uh, laid out against the Chargers. Uh, he mentions he was at LSU. We haven't even talked about the Ed Orgeron thing because, you know, obviously the Ravens get the attention. That is crazy. I mean, it's I, I, I had no idea because, you know, who pays attention to – if. In, in Baltimore, we just don't pay a lot of attention to these things. So, like, how, how would we know what was going on there? Like, the stories about him, like, hitting on um, uh, school employees' wives at gas stations. And Ed Orgeron just comes off as such a likable guy that, like, you, we, we just sort of, I think we held him in this light where we wanted him to be more than what he really was. Now, he still, you know, he guided that team to a national championship and... You know, how much of that was on him, how much of it was just Joe Burrow being really good, and, you know, if you have Joe Burrow, you can go do things like that. I don't know, but, I mean, he did it. He was the head coach of the team. And, yeah, they, they haven't been the same since, but it's only been a year and a half, and they just beat Florida on Saturday. So it was it was kind of shocking to me. I Like, I had heard a little bit about, like, maybe he was on the hot seat. I was like, what, Ed Orgeron? Like, why? He just won the national championship two years ago. Um, but then you read some of the story in the athletic, and you're like, "Geez, that's not a good look. That is rough." I didn't know anything about that. I just assumed that they were just going in a different direction. This is you're breaking this news to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. It's it, you can go read the story at the athletic. There was a very deep dive into like some of the things about him, and it's not nothing that comes. There's a reason why they're letting him finish the year. Like, it's not we have to. This is not a John Gruden situation. This is not a we right. have to like move on immediately. Like, you know, there's it's not illegal to hit on someone who happens to be married. They're, you're not breaking a law, but it's just a really bad look. Like, the story is that there's there was a woman at a gas station, and, then like, he's like, oh, why don't we work out together and all that. And like, she's telling him that he's that she's married, and ha- she just happened to be married to a, 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 a some higher-up at the LSU. It's not a, not a good look for him, to be sure. Not a good look for him. 
All right. It is a Monday edition of GCR. A reminder that every Thursday, the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show. Yep, that's what I'd like to do. Uh, the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. with Ken Zalis joining us in studio. It's brought to you by CCBC, Glory Days Grill, and the Maryland Department of Transportation. Normal time again this week after we had to mix it up a little bit last week. So join us for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show this Thursday morning at 11.30. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Jeremy Kahn joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spray and hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, Pressbox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Back in here on GCR, Glenn Clark, Paul Valley on day number one of the Paul Valley era here on GCR. He is with us. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. If you have not tried the Oktoberfest menu, you are a very, very silly person because it is tremendous with the chicken schnitzel and the brewer's sausage platter and the brewer's sausage sandwich and all forms of sausage. It's quite fitting that uh, Jeremy Kahn's about to join us as I'm talking about sausage. Get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Get your order and take advantage of that wonderful Oktoberfest menu. Good morning, Jeremy Kahn. How are you, my friend? 
I'm good, but I'm going to be really upset if, if I find out there's delicious sausage in that studio and yeah. you guys are doing the show with no pants on and I didn't get an invite. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's, I'm going to be very upset. It is the perfect day for you. Not today, but it has occurred. It has occurred, my friend. I will make sure the next time. we got to start uh, planning on a date, and we got to figure out how this is going to work now that you're doing morning. So we got we got to do another drinking show this year. Um, to, to raise well, you guys money. are just a hop, skip, and a jump away from me, though. So I could, I could be there in a flash. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could start the show pretty quickly, I guess, after you finish up. So we're gonna have to yeah. do that again. And I, this is a promise to you. I will make sure we have lots. It'll be a total sausage fest that morning. Oh, that is my it. promise to you: is we will have an utter sausage fest for our drinking show this year. That is, Wendy's not allowed. It's a total sausage fest. That's I the like way my it's sausage go. smothered in underwear. <laughs> Hey, that was terrible. Sorry. That, was great. that wasn't great. It was not it was not your finest effort. That's for sure. Uh I saw you were at the game yesterday. I saw you uh you were enjoying it. So I'll I'll pose the same question to you. Was yesterday to you more about the Ravens, more about the Chargers, or more about the fact that the NFL is weird and sometimes weird things happen and it doesn't necessarily mean anything by the time you get to next week? See, I, th- I think it's uh you know, I think I'm more impressed with the Ravens, um if if you want me to answer that straight but i also think that the the third answer is basically what i've been spewing for years like when i'm giving out picks against the point spread and talking about things like it's a really weird sport where strange things happen and teams find ways to be in games and now with analytics we've got coaches that are doing things that we haven't seen them do before so um yeah there's just there's a lot of things that go into it but i mean you can't explain why one team doesn't play well this week and or and, and next week against an inferior opponent or however things go, but the one thing that I I didn't know before going in that I found out afterwards um, about the Chargers coming in late Saturday night, which... Yeah, that's weird. Seems like kind of counterproductive for a yeah. West Coast team, I would think. But well, and then and then smartly, funny. the Ravens decide to let them have the ball first to start the game, and they're they're kind of sleepwalking, right? Like, yeah. and and to your point, I I don't know if the Ravens play the Chargers a hundred times. I I don't know that the Ravens would ever win another one thirty four to six, right? Like this might yeah. be the only time in a hundred that a game like this happens, and that's the silly part of it. But I, the the part to me that stands out about the Ravens is Jeremy, like I. They have won games in so many different ways now this season. And I, I don't know, in a strange way, I think that's almost even more impressive than 2019 when they were just winning games, you know, playing bully ball, and that's what they did, and they did it really well. Like, I, I don't know, to me, this is almost more impressive than that. They have shown they can win games in, in doing so many different things so far. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is kind of odd, too. Like, if you'd have told me coming into the Chargers game, they're facing a team that can't stop the run in L.A., and, uh, you know, the Ravens have had their issues themselves stopping the run, tackling, uh, giving up big plays, and also have issues running the football. I'm going to go, what, you know, what alternate universe are we in where the Ravens can throw the ball, but they struggle running it? It's right. just, it doesn't seem right. But the, the thing that people need to understand, and they need to stop moving the goalposts on Lamar, is when you're talking about him as a football player, and it's, oh, he can't complete a pass. Oh, he's completing passes now. Yeah, but he can't throw the ball deep. Oh, he's completing deep balls. Yeah, but he's, you know, if you keep him inside the pocket, he'll make some mistakes. And then here he is just making play after play. Well, he can't win in the playoffs. He wins the playoff game last year. Well, he can't win the Super Bowl. Okay, is this, that's where we're at now. That's the, that's the one we got to. So what happens when that finally happens? What are we going to say about him? Because you can say whatever you want, but he's special. And if you don't want to sit here and own up to it that you made a mistake, if you said he was going to be terrible or whatever, yeah, I just every time I watch him, I see something I'm amazed by. No, well, yeah, he's unbelievable. I mean, you know, I said yeah last week. It was like watching the you know Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it, we are we are so fortunate that this is the way that we get to spend our Sundays here in Baltimore is watching this dude play football. 
because he's truly unbelievable. And I don't know what this means moving forward either, Jeremy, right? Like, I can't I, – I, I feel unbelievable about the Ravens, and I'm glowing about them, but I can't promise to you that they'll beat the Bengals next week. I, this no. is the NFL. I just – who effing knows what's going to happen? Yeah, the Ravens have not played a divisional game yet. This will be the first one. So you get to find out a good bit about them, and, and I don't think we all expected Cincinnati to be good. Ironically, at the beginning of the year, I said I thought Cincinnati would be better than Pittsburgh. I mean, there are people today saying they think Cincy's better than Cleveland. So um, it, it just feels weird saying it, but I, I love the fact that Jamar Chase has been going off. That's the guy that I was touting from day one. Um, I think I think KZ and I have a friendly wager on that, but it is a little unfair. Uh, statement uh, hurt, but, yeah, yeah, not exactly. Oh, what what was the draft night? What was I? I remember this now. What? Oh my God! What was it? What was the number? It was I had just Jam- had too many drinks. It was so. just Jamar Chase. Versus, Jamar Chase versus Bateman. That's it, straight up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, what are the chances he remembers? Oh, no chance. No chance he remembers yeah. that. Although, at this point, you could probably talk him into anything. Like, at this point, you could. Loser has to juggle with a beer bottle at her end. Yeah, yeah that's, correct. That's at this my point, go-to. At this point, you could probably talk him into that. I got to remember, I had one with Kyle, too, and I can't remember what it is now. And I, now he's gone, so he's going to try to forget about it. He died. I don't know if you're. It's very sad. Kyle died. It's uh, we're, all, we're, all, we're all picking up Isn't the pieces. He, he's going to be Groot in the next Guardians of the Galaxy, it's, right? It's a big move for him. It's a big <laughs> opportunity for him. That's the way it's going to go. KO. All right, so so I want to cover this with you. Um, your your sadness. Um, I I went eight for eight on NFL bets yesterday. I oh went my man! Eight, eight for eight. Here's the problem. I I didn't get to the studio until about twelve fifty to start putting them in, um, and I forgot. I didn't see that I was putting them in as straight bets and forgot to parlay them. And so oh. it's a really like I, I you know I won a few hundred bucks. It was a nice day, but it could have been a really nice day for me yesterday. So yeah, I, the parlays are where the, the big bucks are, if it, you're able to string those together. So I need your ultimate what what could have been. I know you've had a lot of them, but what is your ultimate what could have been for a oh, day I, that wasn't? So I have, I have the, the, the two worst ones, and, and the abbreviated version, which I told you this, the day I got my second COVID shot, I was winning $100,000 on uh, DraftKings. And... Uh, that nobody else could pass me. The only way that somebody could pass me was Memphis and Denver if they go to overtime. And Memphis was up, I think, nine points or eight points with four minutes left to go. They went to overtime. And then I was winning 20 grand in overtime. I'm like, all right, it's not, you know, that's a nice win, even though I was winning 100. Uh, and then they went to double overtime. Ah. <laughs> so I went from winning $100,000 to essentially doubling my money, which I, I don't care who you are. It's, 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 yes, it's one the, the saddest the you'll the ever be about doubling your money in your life. You'll I, never I be sadder about that. I don't think I've uh, gotten over that yet. Like, that one still hurts <laughs> so bad. Um, again, because I went through 50 lineups of the people next because there was four minutes left to go in the game, and I'm like, literally, nobody can catch me unless this game goes to overtime. And not only did it go to overtime, the two players that everyone had, Nikola Jokic and John Morant, just went bonkers in overtime. And to show you how far ahead of I, I was of everyone except one other person, like, I was still in second or third place um, even after they went bonkers in the first overtime. And so it was just like, man, that's how far ahead of everybody I was. I had the absolute nuts lineup. And the other one I had was another one that makes you sick to your stomach is I came home drunk one night. It was just a $50 10-team parlay. As I'm watching, I wake up the next morning. I'm like, who bet this? You idiot. What are you doing right, in a 10-team right, parlay? Right, right. I hit the first nine legs of it. And then the last one was, I think it was a playoff game between uh, Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies and the, the L.A. Clippers. And I took Memphis minus one at home or one and a half 
and that's all I needed to happen. And I, I hedged a little bit, but still it wasn't enough to change what the outcome was because I was about to hit a 10-team parlay because Memphis was up 20 going into the fourth quarter. Oh, and oh, they blew the game. They oh, lost. Oh God! You know, yep. you know what the number was that you would have won? Do you remember it off the top of your head? Uh, off a fifty dollar bet, it was like twenty eight hundred dollars or oh, something. So, like, you know, it's, yeah, because there were some money line bets in there too. Yeah, uh, and that's what yesterday for me. It was a mix of spreads and money lines. It was a mix mm-hmm. of the two things, and I, I, I hit all eight, and I was like, oh my, and I'm like freaking out because the last one was the Sunday night game, and so I didn't, I hadn't looked. I knew that I had, I was seven for seven going to the Sunday night game, and I hadn't looked. And then I go to look, and I'm like, oh, my God, you effing buffoon. What is wrong with you? And, Jeremy, this is after I was so depressed. I had such a bad week the previous week. And, really, it all turned on a terrible tennis bet that I made on Andre Rublev. So, you know, there's that. Um, I had such a bad week. Andre Rublev. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. You you would never do that. You would never in your (laughs) life. On Saturday, I, I was so depressed from my week of betting that I just wanted. Uh, th- this is where you might have a problem. This is where you might need to call that one eight hundred gambler thing. Um, I just wanted to feel alive again, and so I said to myself, "I'm just going to do some things so I can feel the taste of winning." Right? Like, I'm just going to do. We've talked about this before. Some of the things that I do. So I just put four hundred dollars down on Wisconsin to beat Army outright, which was only going to pay out like a hundred bucks. But I just wanted to feel the taste of winning again, right? Like I just wanted to, you know, you know what that's like. Like you just, you just, yeah. you just need a little high. That's all. You need a little high in your life. And I was at the Manca- Manchester Orchestra show on Saturday night, as Army was driving, trailing thirteen to seven in the fourth quarter. Oh, brutal! And I'm like, oh my god, what is <laughs> happening right now? And my buddy, who's like the biggest Manchester Orchestra fan, and then I like them, they're, they're good, but I'm not, like, I was there because it's his band, and we're like concert buddies. He's freaking out. Like, he's having a religious experience seeing this band, and I want to kill myself. <laughs> like, I'm watching the game on my phone. All of these other people are like, what, what, what is, who is this weirdo that came out to the Manchester Orchestra show and has an Army Wisconsin football <laughs> game on the Big Ten Network on his phone, and he's not paying a lick of attention. And my buddy's, like, throwing high fives and, like, roundhouse kicks because he's just having this, like, out-of-body experience, and I want to <laughs> die. Like, I want See, that's, to that's die. the best, though, where, where nothing else matters ex- except some random sporting event that you've placed a wager on. Correct. Uh, and, you know, trying to keep up with it. I. I've been in that. I, I've done that where um, you lose a couple games and you're finally winning one, and you know you're just having one of those bad days where you stop watching the game. And you just go to your phone and just keep hitting refresh because something good happened when you weren't watching. Like the the dumb superstitions that that play into it. Like I was at a Thanksgiving dinner, um, and I have some family on my wife's side that are Bills fans, or they're from Buffalo, so they're Bills fans, and the Bills are playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and they. <laughs> The dad walked into the, the living room, and he's watching the game, and something bad happened, and he walked out, and something good happened. So he stayed oh, in yeah. the kitchen, not yeah, watching 100%. the game, but listening. Right. I've got a, I've got a cousin who is a Braves fan. Like, I've got a, you know, I got a family down in Georgia, but i, I got a cousin who is a Braves fan. And she said to me last night that she watched um, – how, how the Dodgers go up 4-2 remind me who, who – it was oh, it was Taylor, right? Taylor hit the ball in the center field that was misplayed. Yeah, Taylor hit it. Cause yeah, Seager hit and, the homer. Early. And, right, so they go up four two, and she like was so frustrated that she walked out of the room and she completely missed the bottom half of the eighth inning when they tied things back up. So she messaged me and she said, 
I, I have to just not watch the rest of the game, right? And I was like, hell yeah, you have to. What are you talking? You cannot watch the rest of the game because for some bizarre reason, I'm invested now with the Braves because I just, you know, to me, if you're if you're a sports fan, you have to root against the Dodgers unless you're a Dodger. It's just the way it goes, right? Like you can't yeah. root for the team that spends. You have to root against both teams in the ALCS. Correct, as well. correct. You know, you have to be embracing the Braves at this point. You have no choice. Like it's just the, the thing nature. that scares me. I just said this this morning. Like I've totally embraced the Braves. I'm pulling for them. I'm almost positive that the Dodgers, or I feel really good that the Dodgers play the Red Sox or the Astros because I think they win that series. I don't know if the Braves do. <laughs> so yeah, ultimately oh, they may oh, do what 100%. we want and disappoint us. 100%. Yeah. By the way, I, you know, this is a weird thing for me too. I'm not, I don't hate the Astros the way that everybody else does. And it's, it's a, a mix between mean I, I like I'm just so unconvinced that the Astros were the only team that was doing this. I've said that a billion times. Yeah. Like I'm I I believe to the core of me and we already have examples of it that every team was doing everything they could to try to steal signs. It just so happened to be that the Astros were the only team that was banging on trash cans and doing it in this particularly goofy way. Um but more than that, like the Dusty Baker thing really does kind of change things for me a little bit. Like there mm-hmm. is no debate to me I want to see Dusty Baker win a World Series. I like Dusty Baker a lot. Like, I like him a lot. I want to see him win a World Series. Now, if it's the Astros and the Braves, I'm going to root for the Braves. I want to make that very clear. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a horrendous human being. Like, I'll root for the Braves. But, like, this this thing where people are debating, I don't know if I hate the Astros or the Red Sox more. Like, no, there's no debate about that to me. I definitely oh, I hate the Red Sox more. There's no question about that whatsoever. Yeah, there's one answer there. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's one, it. 100%. 100%. You put the Red Sox up against anyone, I hate them more. Correct. Yeah. Yes, there's no doubt. If the Red Sox played, uh, well, Duke, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, Jeremy Kahn is with us from 105.7 The Fan. Of course, his picks are available every day at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, Jeremy, there's a new print issue of PressBox coming out this week. You and I offered some uh, basketball bets in there. Mm-hmm. I know you love basketball more than anyone I think I know. Uh, NBA season gets underway tomorrow. Sell me on why I should care about anything that happens between now and when the NBA playoffs starts. So I, I just think it's so wide open. Um, you know, they said it last year, but even more so this year because uh, the Bulls are an intriguing team with additions of Nikola Vucevic at the end of last season, but this year Lonzo Ball and um, and DeRozan. Of course DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. So now you're adding in other good players that add something. Like you can think what you want about Lonzo Ball. He's a good player, solid defensively, and it gives them someone to distribute all those other scores they have. Um, and so I think that's a good thing. Kyle Lowry is now in the Heat. Uh, which which makes it a, a lot of fun. The whole Kyrie Irving thing that's going on with the Nets. I think the Nets are going to win it all with or without Kyrie Irving, in my opinion. Wow. But uh, time time will tell. I, and and I'm saying that as much as I love the Heat because one of my bets in, in the article is coming out is saying I don't know how you don't bet the over wins for the Heat because barring an injury or something catastrophic happening, they're going to dominate their division. Um, so it's very interesting. And out west, you, you pick it. I mean, everybody's right. talking about the Lakers, right. and I still think they have holes even with all the talent that they have. Um, and that's why that opening night's going to be fun because we're not too far off from the Warriors being fully healthy and they'll face the Lakers on opening night and then we get a rematch of the finals with you know, the Nets and the Bucks. Um, and now with a healthy Harden and, a, and, and Durant ready to go even though there won't be any Kyrie. It's just, I, I just think everything uh, is getting really interesting and Luka's the favorite to win the MVP and if he stays healthy, I think he absolutely wins it. So we're, we're starting to see this. I don't want to say changing of the guard, but you're seeing a lot of talented players out there that have created their own, if you want to call them super teams, I'm listening to you, but talented teams. And uh, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun to see these teams going at each other consistently because there's like, there's like 10 or 11 teams in the West, and I think there's legitimately six or seven teams in the East that we could sit here and say could make a run. I'm, I'm not going to pick any of them over the Nets or anything like that, but that's just where we're at. 
Yeah, so it's everybody but the Wizards is what you're saying. Everybody's got a chance yeah, except sing. for the Wizards. They're going to sing again. So. Exactly what you're saying. Uh, what's coming yeah. up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? Uh, I mean, obviously we'll be talking about the, the games leading into this week. There's It's kind of an ugly slate of NFL games. There's, I think, two 16, 17-point favorites, another 13-point favorite. Not a lot of great matchup. There's some good teams on by, so... Uh, we'll obviously be breaking that down, getting closer and closer to the World Series. So uh, more talk of that, and of course the same hijinks that we always have on the morning show. At Jeremy Khan one zero five seven on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday. Anytime, man. I'll see you. Jeremy Khan joining us as he does every week here on Glenn Clark Radio. Appreciate him doing that. Uh, speaking of betting, um, you're bummed out that betting's still not allowed in the state of Maryland. Still, now we think it's happening in the next week and a half or so. We think that's going to come, but as I've tried telling you, even when it does, for the first little bit, it's only going to be brick and mortar. You're not going to be able to do it on your phone, and that's cool. Like, I mean, I'm I think we're all going to make trips to go uh, spend the day hanging out at like the FanDuel Sportsbook at the uh, Live Casino Hotel. I I know I'm going to be hanging out there at Sports and Social. That's going to happen. But you're going to want to do it on your phone, and, and it's still not going to be an option for a little while. It's still going to be months before you're going to be able to do that in the state of Maryland because, you know, why why, why wouldn't we be right on top of that? Be right. Anyway, the point of the story is that you're going to be able to play underdog fantasy football on your phone. That you can do. And you can do it with our money. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to underdogfantasy.com or you're going to download the underdog fantasy football app. When you do, you sign up, you deposit $10 or more, we're giving you 10 bucks free to play with. It's that simple. Just use the code PRESSBOX and deposit $10 or more, and you get $10 of our money. Which, come to think of it, is that the reason why I didn't get a check last week? Is that? My God, you guys have been signing up for, for I got a big problem now because you guys have been signing up for Underdog. You're taking all my money. You can use our money, play, and win. And if nothing else, use it to find out what Underdog is all about. Like, that's, that's what I would really encourage you to do. Go find out. Because I can explain it to you, and I can say, we're playing underdog, and we're having a lot of fun, and you might still not quite get it. So go, because you'll, you'll hear, you've heard advertising for daily and weekly fantasy games for, like, six years now. And you either got in, got bored with it, or never tried it out, like, assumed you couldn't win, whatever reason. And, yes, those things are available at Underdog Fantasy Football. If you're into them, you can do it there. But there are so many other things they're doing. They're doing parlays. They're doing player props. They're doing this like rivalry thing where you you pick one prop that you like or one player that you like. It's you versus the other person who gets the most receiving yards. It's it's such a different concept. It feels like betting. It feels different than these other fantasy games. Go find out. Go find out. If it's not for you, it's not for you. You used my money in order to play. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app. Deposit $10 or more. Use the code PRESSBOX. We're giving you $10 free to play with. It's that simple. Underdog Fantasy Football. Come back in. Get a tidbit. Get tubular to wind down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. 
Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman, you can find me on The Batter on with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's The Batter out every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. So, uh, John from Little Rock just told me that they've had uh, in-person gambling in Arkansas for uh, two years and still don't have the option to wager via the phone or an app, which makes no sense. We were to understand it wasn't going to take that long in the state of Maryland, but we were also to understand it wasn't going to take this long to start the in-person wagering either. So, who knows? Who knows? All right, winding down for a Monday edition of the program. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul Valley. Day number one. Uh, he tried to. He just wrecked his own microphone on day one. What's going on? Are you all right? Everything gonna be okay? I didn't realize that was the end of the <laughs> the commercial. I was flying over to um, unmute well, thank, your mic. Well, thank you to KZ for doing some imaging for us. Uh, we're trying just trying to mix things up a little bit. Trying to to try some different things out with the new uh, era of the program. Um. Yes, it, it looked awkward. You looked like you looked panicked in that moment. You well, looked disheveled. I, I heard Zach doing the bat around promo. I yeah. looked down and realized it was the last one of that commercial. That is break, true. Yes, and I couldn't have the host. Yeah, you muted. Need, right. You need. I need to be able to talk. Right. So I reached over to unmute you, hit the microphone, <laughs> and it just. So that's what happened. Life goes on. It Life does. goes on. We'll it be does. all right. If that's the least of our problems, that's the least of our problems. That's what I. Uh, that's what I always say. All right. Today's show brought to you by. Mobile One, Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. From uh, Dave, Dave says, 
Uh, Glenn, you guys were talking earlier about whether or not the Ravens were purposely establishing the run yesterday because of their opponent or whether or not it might be a change. Is there a yeah? I said this, Dave. Is as you said, is there a chance that it's just about uh, having waited so long with the running backs and now finally feeling comfortable with them? Is it a chance of that? Yes, of course it's a chance of that. Um, I don't know what they had seen that made them feel comfortable with the running backs. My my gut is yesterday was looking at the opponent, seeing that the Chargers are really bad at, at against the run, and deciding that they were gonna try like hell to run the ball. Like that's my gut about what happened yesterday and why it was the story of that game. I think they should do the same thing even when they face run defenses that are a little bit better. I think the Ravens are well-suited to try to run the ball, um, no matter who's back there. And I still think that they should try to trade for a running back. But I, my gut is that the determined effort out of the shoot yesterday was likely related to the struggles that they had seen from the Chargers and running the ball on film. Uh, week two against the Chiefs, they ran for 257 yards with the same running back group. No, but that was a lot from Lamar Jackson. A lot of that, the biggest chunk of that, but that was you know his big running game this season was the Chiefs game. Right. So um, they still had over 140 yards with those three backs, though, right? So I think it's more so the op- opponent than anything trying. else. Now, if they do that against uh against a better run defense in Cincinnati next week sure then yeah moving forward that that's probably their game plan that's their bread and butter uh, right now yeah, it's just too bad run defense I, I agree and my point but my point is always still you you need you need to try to establish the run this thing that we had seen from them where they were just throwing 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 right out of the shoot it's one thing yeah. you fall behind and you have to like a week ago against the Colts they had no choice in the second half but to throw they had to throw the ball 43 times because they were trailing by two scores there's nothing you can do about that. You've right. got to throw the ball in those circumstances. It's right out of the chute when they have been determined to be pass-happy that it's been confusing for me. Now, Lamar Jackson is a very good thrower of the football, so it's not like it's been a bad thing. Mm-hmm. They're 5-1 and one for a reason. I just think they're all, at the end of the day, they're going to be best suited to try to win a Super Bowl by being a more balanced team and a team that's more able to establish the run fairly early during the course of games. Um, but... No, it's not. Um, it, 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 it's certainly the fact that their two best run performance happened to have come against two, the two, you know, two very bad run defenses. You can't ignore that whatsoever. It's all, it all matters when we put all of this together. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. Uh, I know they had a great weekend with um, Baltimore Celeb Fest. I saw a lot of the pictures from that. I cannot believe that Great Eights Memorabilia is giving you the opportunity to meet Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. But not just Justin Tucker. They're giving you the chance to meet Justin Tucker and Deshaun Elliott for free. But not just Justin Tucker and Deshaun Elliott. But wait, there's still even more. This is unreal, the opportunity that Great Eights Memorabilia is giving you, the Baltimore football fan, to meet Justin Tucker, Deshaun Elliott, and Tyus Bowser all for free. Of course, we've been doing the Tyus Bowser show all season long, so you get plenty of opportunities to meet Tyus Bowser. Coming up in November, Great Eights Memorabilia is raising food for Harvest of Hope and their Thanksgiving food drive. They need you to bring Thanksgiving fixins out. They need yams they need you know cranberry sauce they need corn they need canned goods green beans things along those lines bring them out the various locations including uh jerry's toyota 
is where they're going to be with Justin Tucker on November 2nd. I can't say this enough. Justin Tucker, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, you can meet him for free on November 2nd at Jerry's Toyota if you bring out food items to benefit Harvest of Hope. So all you're doing is meeting one of the greatest kickers, probably the greatest kicker in football history, and helping out the community at the same time. It's insane. Find out more by going to grade8smemorabilia.com. That's the website. There's also a great event, a game watch party and food drive with Ray Rice on November 21st at Jimmy's. All the details available at grade8smemorabilia.com with the number 8. So the word great, number 8, letter S, memorabilia.com. That's how you find out more. And, of course, we will see you tomorrow night at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. For the Tyus Bowser Show, brought to you by Great 8's Memorabilia, Pressbox, and True Strong Services. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Paul Valley, your tidbits, sir. All right, and this is coming. Oh, there's that microphone oh, again. We got we to work on it. That's, uh, that's something we're going to have to work I'm, through. I'm just going to hold it to the end of the show oh. now. Um, coming courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info, and this is probably a, a Twitter handle I'm going to lean on heavily for these tidbits. Jose Altuve is climbing the record books with his 20th career postseason home run that he hit in Game 1 of the ALCS yeah, on Game Friday. 2 didn't go as well. He's the fourth player. That was his 20th career home run, right, mm-hmm. uh, in the postseason. He's the fourth player with 20 career playoff home runs. First Astros player with 20 career playoff home runs. And because it came in Game 1, he is now, the, is now his seventh home run in Game 1 of a series, tying Manny Ramirez for most all time. I did not know that. Yeah. How about that? There's right. the tidbit. Okay. So here's the trivia, and this is a two-parter. Okay. All right. Who are the three other players with 20-plus postseason home runs? That's part one. Okay. And who are the four active players with at least 18? Yikes. All right. Um, most career playoff home runs. Reggie Jackson. No, he has 18, I believe. Bum. He sucks. He does. There was a one less round of playoffs back then, too. It's certainly a factor in that. So it's probably got to be more modern. Guy. Well, I'll try Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez is number one with 29. Uh, I don't think it's Pujols because I think I saw the number flash up on the screen last night when he was at bat. I want to say he was like at 17 or something like that. Like he didn't quite. He didn't. He didn't have 20. Did it he? is not Albert Pujols. Yeah. Barry Bonds. It is not Barry Bonds. Not a lot of playoff appearances for Barry Bonds in this Yeah, career. I mean, they made the World Series the one time, and he hit the longest home run I've ever seen in my entire life in that game. Uh, somebody just chimed in with A-Rod. It is not A-Rod. Who, some, somebody randomly? Uh, somebody on uh, Pressbox Messenger. Oh, that's that's interesting. Or maybe um, it was my messenger, but they said A-Rod. It's not no, A-Rod. It's not A-Rod. Uh, would have been somebody I would have guessed. So, that's so just based on sheer opportunity, I'll try Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter coming in tied with Altuve at 20. He was number three, so you have one left. It's not even a home run hitter. That is kind of remarkable. Um, David Ortiz. Nope. How about... Do you want a hint? Hang on. Let me guess a couple more. Okay. We'll get, we get to a point where I realize I'm struggling, and then I need a hint. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to base this on... on oppor- opportunity is the thing I'm trying to base this on. How about... How about man? Uh, uh, Andrew Jones. No. Chipper Jones. No. Is it a brave? It is not a brave. It's not a brave. Is it a? Uh, I will give you. I'm gonna give you a hint. Go ahead. I'm gonna give you a hint. He's a teammate of another guy on this list. 
So he's either uh, well, Manny played for a few teams as the years went on, but for his playoff career, prominently thought of as a Red Sox. Right. So it's not David Ortiz. Uh, it's probably I don't think it's Nomar. No. Is it a Red Sox? No. Okay, so it's a Yankee. Ugh. Presumably. Bernie Williams. It is Bernie Williams I'm coming in at number that's stunning. At number two. That with is really stunning. Two home runs in the postseason. I mean, they played like nine thousand seven hundred and eighty two playoff you, games still, in fifteen not, years. He's just not he was not a prodigious home run hitter. That's just the stunning part of it. He was not. So your top four, Manny Ramirez at twenty nine, Bernie Williams at twenty two, Derek Jeter, and Jose Altuve at twenty. Now the second ah, part it was John Proctor. It's John Proctor who was checking in with A-Rod. That's who it was. That's who was checking in. I saw Jonathan, and that was, I was like. John, it's John, that's John Proctor checking in. He's got, he started a new group message with you. He, we had one with, the, the, with us and Paul, or the, with your Paul, with us and Kyle, who uh, died, of course, very sad, so now he's changing. What is up. the service for that, anyway? Oh, no, no, he, we're not he was going? a terrible person, so we're not going to do oh, that. Oh, we're not going. Yeah, we're okay. just going to, okay. he'll be buried, and that will be the end of it. I, yeah, might, yeah, might not yeah. even buried, might uh, just spread <laughs> his ashes. Just buried. Um. All right, so part two, the four yeah. active players with at least 18. Oh, Proctor did get Bernie Williams, too. Good job, Proctor. Uh, at least 18 and active. So I'll try Albert Pujols because I don't. Uh, he is number okay. one on that list. He has 19. It was 19. I thought it was 17. I thought that's what I saw last night. Um, Active, active. Uh, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is the fourth player on that list. Well, just because I put him in that order. Uh, he has 18. Active. Active. How about... Is there another Astro on the list? Correa. Correa. Carlos Correa also has 18. You have one more. There's one more. It's a... Uh, f- uh, 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 Bellinger. Nope. He's hit a lot, though. He has. Not quite 19, though, or 18. Feels like Jock Peterson has, but I don't think it's Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, another active player. Another active player. Is Robbie Cano still considered active? Um, I, I think so, yeah. but he's not on the list. Okay. That's where you find out. Like, like I've, Is Edwin Encarnacion still considered active? I believe so, but he is not on the list. Blue Jays only had a couple of playoff runs with him there. They had a few, and they they had back-to-back ALCSs, but I don't think they made the playoffs. No, they, well, they didn't that. make a World Series. They did not make a World Series. Um, uh, Stanton, no. How about uh, Pablo Sandoval? No. You ready for him? Or you want to take a couple more guesses? Uh, miss, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, he was. <laughs> Proctor said, "What's his name? Kung Fu Panda." That's Pablo Sandoval. Proctor. That's yeah. exactly who I just guessed. Greatest nickname in all. Sports, Buster Posey. No. Had a lot of opportunities though. Yeah. Yachty. No. Uh. I don't know. All right, maybe you're gonna have to give me a hint. He was a teammate of one of the other guys on this list. He was a teammate. So he was either an Astro or a Cardinal slash Angel. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too, Proctor. I was trying to think could of a have, Giants player too. Could have been a Ranger or a Ray or oh a Nelson Mariner. Cruz, right? Piss. Yeah, Nelson Cruz played for everybody. Yeah, or it's, an Oriole. It's Manny Machado. It's not. He's not been in the playoffs that much. I think he has like one career playoff home run. Yeah, it's probably about right. Uh, and he was hurt the one year, so it's it's God. Nelson Cruz really screws us up because he's truly played for it, everybody. It, it's uh, the teammate is not Nelson Cruz. Okay, uh, right. I'll make it easier for so you. Back down to the other teams now. Is it a Cardinal? No. Was it a was it an Angel? No. Okay, so it was an Astro. By process of elimination. Oh, Springer, George Springer. George Springer, All right. nineteen. All right, very good, very good, very good. All right, um, that's a, that's tidbit. Appreciate it. Nicely, nicely done. Tubular brought to you today by Window Nation. The fall is calling. Sale is on. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy four, get four free. There's literally no limit. You buy a thousand, you get a thousand free. You buy sixteen million windows, and you are getting sixteen million windows free. And you never know. Maybe one day in the future there's going to be a terrible Justin Timberlake movie where win- windows are currency and you need them now. So you'll have felt really smart about getting – I watched that film. I liked that movie. No, I, you didn't. I, it was horrendous. It's not good. Oh, my God. But it so was. Bad. I was entertained. I was, I was entertained. That makes one of us. It was a terrible motion picture. And I'm all in on Timberlake. Big Timberlake guy. That film sucked. They, it was – like all of it was – what? I don't. I don't want to. Olivia Wilde's in it. Olivia Wilde is in it. I do enjoy Olivia Wilde. But like when when they, when like the Time Bandits, come and take. Why why not just kill them? Why leave any time? Why like there's so many there's so many plot holes here, that make no sense, and everything that's not a plot hole was exactly what you would have expected to. There was no there was no swerve at any point. There was nothing that was unexpected. It was a terrible motion picture. It was horrendous. In time, God, what a How do you feel about Point Break? The 91 version, not yeah. the crap that they put out in 2015. I don't think I've even seen the new Point Break. I saw it in theaters, not good. I, I remember liking Point Break, but I also remember being young and it being the type of film that I don't know if I would want to go back and watch again. Point Break is my all-time favorite movie. Okay. And it's terrible. It's a strange choice it's, for it's, an all-time favorite it's movie, Paul. Terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible, but choice. it's so good. It's so bad, it's good, and it's entertaining. Uh, Gotta love the Swayze and Keanu, man. I mean, I all right. I I don't. I I would be willing to rewatch Point Break. It's just such a strange choice for an all-time favorite motion. I picture. just love it. Man. I really hate TBS because after the baseball last night, they showed uh, Superbad, mm-hmm. and I had been doing the bit because I had been hitting last a lot last night to go between football and yeah. uh, baseball. That like almost out of a habit when the football game ended, I hit last again or previous whatever it was to go back to the baseball, and it was on Superbad at that point. And I was like, Well, I'm not getting to bed before one thirty tonight. Even it's, censored, it's a good movie. Yes, yes. Still getting there's things that you just forget about. It's just so perfect. All right, here's what's coming up tonight: Monday Night Football, Bills Titans on ESPN at eight fifteen. There uh, again, I don't think there's a Manning broadcast tonight. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Like they gave it to you for three weeks and then took it away from you. I think it's because Eli flicked off the camera. That's no, they, it was apparently scheduled that way. Like it apparently really? was planned that they were going to be gone for a few weeks. Oh, like okay. the word is it's still coming back at some point, but I just I don't know when it's coming back. Fox Sports 1, game uh, three of the ALCS at 8 o'clock. Uh, Jose Urquidy is on the mound for the Astros against former Orioles farmhand Eduardo Rodriguez and the Red Sox. 
NHL Network for Ranger, Rangers Maple Leafs at 7. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. And uh, that's it. That's what I got for you. It is a it is, it is a very lame night. I mean, look, you're going to be watching football or baseball anyway, so who cares? There aren't other options. If for some reason yes. you don't want to watch football I don't I don't know why baseball I don't know tonight. why you'd be listening to this show and fit into that category maybe you hate all the teams involved I mean I can understand that in the okay maybe I can understand I don't know why you would hate the bills like I don't know what where that would come from maybe you're a diehard Ravens fan and you haven't gotten over the playoff loss okay I mean I I, I don't hate them though like I just want to I want to beat them like that's the way it goes anyway mo- moving forward uh, speaking of Keanu Reeves on sci-fi from 6 30 to 11 tonight you can watch John Wick Followed by John Wick 2. Well, I mean, that's not a bad way to spend the evening. Not a bad way. Uh, on AMC, uh, from 6 to 8, or I'm sorry, at 6 o'clock, you can watch Halloween H2O, and it's the 20-year anniversary. Now, of course, this was three years ago that it was the 20-year okay. anniversary, but you can yeah. watch that. And I, then at 8, Hollywood, ha- Halloween Resurrection. I have not, I'm not going to even bother. I haven't watched a Halloween movie in years. I know there's a new one out this year. It will not register with me. It will not be something that I spend They're not. The new ones aren't bad. The new ones aren't say so. Um, Howie Mandel and friends don't sneeze on me. A new comedy special at eight o'clock on the CW. Oh, I, I could never miss that. Um, on Fox at eight nine one one. On my TV, a Law and Order SVU two hour running. Um, that's, I can, that's, I, that's that's a rerun. That's not it, a first run thing. That's a yeah, that's but it's Law and Order SVU. I mean, you can. can no, it's gonna. It's gonna okay, be, see, I was it's not gonna told, be one of us, Paul. It's I, gonna be one of us. That's a I, chick thing. Law and Order is a chick thing. I like Law and Order. Oh boy, oh I haven't watched boy. it in forever, but I've I've oh been known to binge it. This is good. I need to learn these things about you. <laughs> I need to learn these things about you. This helps with character development. This I don't have important. like a Law and Order poster Wh- or tattoo. Why? Why are you a Law and Order person? Okay, so th- I was sick in Ocean City one time. All my friends were getting drunk in the kitchen. I'm in the room for 11 hours vomiting and watching Law and Order, and it was the only thing that kept me sane. During that there horrendous wasn't anything else that could have been on that you could have watched at it the was same like, time? It was like a Saturday afternoon during summer in Ocean City. Uh, what other programming would have been on? It was I watched 11 hours of Law & Order, so I don't hate it. Oh, I get that it's cheesy. I don't, oh, boy. I don't hate it. Wow. Wow. We, we have learned something here. We have learned something. This is the first. This is like Kyle admitting very early on that he was a big Hanson fan. I have learned something about you. Oh, You're a man. big Law so & Order guy. At, if I ever leave the show, am I getting the Christa- Law & Order yeah, t-shirt? Yeah, Christopher Maloney and, uh, and Ice-T and the whole... I don't, I don't even know which Law & Order is which. Like, I could not tell you which one was which, so I don't I don't know who's on what show. Mariska Hardigay, is that her That's, name? That's... That, that, that's the that's the one on Law and Order SVU, and the the guy is Law and Order SVU like the big one? Is that the one that like is, is that's the one that everybody watches? So what it was, but was Law and Order itself a different show? Yeah, or when so you there, say there's Law and, Law and Order, yeah, and then there's Law and Order SVU. I feel like that's the one that everybody knows about, right? And then the the guy, um, so Law and Order. Do you remember the guy who played B- Baby's Dad in Dirty Dancing? He was on yes. Law, oh he, God, he what was the hell on, is his name? Oh God, what is his name? He passed quite a while I ago. Know. But, oh God, it's gonna drive me nuts. It was um oh uh, I, I I know who you're talking about but go ahead but he was on he was on Law and Order then you have Law and Order SVU with wasn't he also didn't he also appear on Law and Order SVU I don't believe so no I could have sworn that at some point but you have Law and Order SVU with Ice T and Mariska Hargitay and the guy who who played Freak Show in Harold and Kumar another oh, right. another yeah, quality yeah, movie yeah, and right. now he got his Jerry own... Orbach God thank you yeah that's his name and then yeah. and now the guy who played uh, Elliot on Law and Order SVU got his own Law and Order spinoff. How many Law and uh, a practice says there's a Law and Order more Order Criminal Intent. Criminal Intent. That's one too. 
the hell is that? It's like CSI. There's like a thousand CSI. Yeah, but I haven't watched any of them. Neither it doesn't mean anything to me at all. The guy with the sunglasses just, I, I, I refuse to ever watch. What's the show with the chick, the, the girl with the funky hair that everybody loves? Uh, the, it's one of those shows. The it's a, Cold oh Case or, no, or, or The Closer? I think it's NCIS maybe. Paul, Paul, uh, Paul. It's a chick and it's a show. All right, so that helped. I know I just did that. Polly <laughs> Perrette is her name. She has that funky hair. And she's on, what's the show that she's on? She's on NCIS. I nailed that. My wife likes that show, too. This chick, you know who she is. That girl right there. She's very popular. Oh, yeah. yeah kind of yeah, looks her. a little gothic. Yes, yeah. exactly right. And that uh, sort of adds to her character. And that, that's the show that usually plays right before Monday Night Raw comes on. I, I, and it used to be Law and Order. I, I know this because I dated a girl, and like the trade-off on Monday nights, if I wanted to watch wrestling, was that she got to watch the stupid Law and Order show beforehand. And that was the extent that I had with watching Law and Order. Yeah, I I, whole thing, I have to man. record the wrestling shows because Laura will not watch them, and she well, gives me the look. It's, it's fine. It's fine. You don't <laughs> you don't need her to like it. She would just she. The problem is, and this is one of the things I appreciate about my my wife actually watched wrestling with my old roommate and I when we were dating. Like my old roommate and I would watch wrestling every week. My wife would watch with us, and she she just didn't care. So she was able to like like who she liked and not like who you know like, like she was she was about that. If you really watch it with someone that like doesn't want to like it, that doesn't that is inclined to not like it, then they're going like there is so much there to make fun of. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ruin it. for Exactly you. right. It's just going to be hell for you because all they're going to do is be like, "Are you are you really watching this? Are you?" Re-? And the answer is you're not going to be able to defend it because it's crap. You're yeah. going to be like, "You're right. I know. I know. I'm just choosing to watch it anyway, lady. That's the way it goes. You watch Below Deck or whatever the f you watch. Downton Abbey. Watch, yeah, Downton Abbey. You watch. Let's get ready for the Queen. And I'll be over here watching my thing. I know it's crap. <laughs> it is what it is, lady. Leave it alone. And it's why you shouldn't watch Downton Abbey. Leave her alone. Let her have her Downton Abbey. Let her have her whatever it is, Real Housewives of, of, of Towson, whatever it is that she watches, and you get your thing, and it's okay. And wherever you can agree. My wife and I agree on one thing, one thing only, Master Chef Jr. That's it. That's the only thing we agree on. That's what we watch together. Everything else, it's our own little world, babe. That's the way it goes. 98% of the programming in our house is reruns of Friends. We could. Uh, okay. We would dominate found, any you, Friends trivia show. If, if you have found agreement in that capacity, that's a good thing. Watch it together. Everything else, do your damn Sports thing. Sports and friends. Do your own damn thing, man. Uh, on she, can, she can let you watch your Law and Order. She can leave <laughs> leave the room. Otherwise, she's going to make fun of it. I don't watch Below Deck. I Actually, my wife doesn't even watch Below Deck. I just know that chicks love Below Deck. I don't, I don't know even where know it, what came it is. From. It's some show on like um, A&E or something. I don't know what network it's on. It's on one of these channels that I don't watch at all. And it's like a, it's, 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 it's people that work on a boat and like, Throw parties for rich people or something like that. I, I don't I don't fully understand uh, it, man. That sounds awful. Oh, oh, I can only imagine how terrible it is. I can that only imagine. I know nothing about it. Sounds Zero, awful. Nothing. Anything else? Uh, yeah. yeah, CBS The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. It's the only one that's not a rerun tonight. You have guest representative Adam Schiff. He's a Democrat from California. Okay. Um, musical guest Casey Musgraves. Uh, TNT. I, I, th- I, wish, I wish I liked her. Uh, Stecca loves Casey Musgraves. I do not care for her. I'm finding for that Stecca is, is kind of obscure. She's, he's, he's into really bad, like I'm into great pop music. He's into really bad, dr- just dull, lame pop music. I learned that he likes Adele. Because he posted well, the clip Adele, of her new Adele song. Adele is super talented. I like Adele. Adele's unbelievably talented. All of her talented. songs are the same. Has, no, that's not true either. But like a lot of them are. You're not yeah. wrong about that. Like, and I, I can get that. But like her talent shines no, through. She's very skilled. She's unbelievable. 
Yeah. Uh, TNT, Thor, Ragnarok at 8 and 10.45. So if you either miss it or just love Chris Hemsworth that much, you can watch it back to back. And then on FX, Good Boys. It's that movie about those I saw kids. That. I saw yeah, that. yeah, I, I saw I that. Liked it. I liked it. It was, good. It was I it was good. good for a laugh. All right. Very good. All right, Paul. Well done, sir, for day number one in the books. Well, you know, some hits, some misses. That's the way it goes. If we bat uh, 3.45, we're in the Hall of Fame, right? So, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll take that. We will take that. Thanks today to uh, Jeremy Kahn and Ian Fitzsimmons. We'll get that and Pat's on the ass up in the greatest hit section of the uh, I mean, you Archives. We can kill that if we want. We can, uh, I don't I, care. I, we, I that even, doesn't have to be I one even that wrote continues on. The greatest hits is my cue for Archives. So I tried. I, I don't know, but we, we don't that was that was a the Kyle. We could come up with something else. Okay. We can just call it the Archives. I was willing um, to not let it die. Well, if you'd like to, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take anything away. Oh no, from I sounded you. like a pirate there. So, that, but that was kind of the bit. That was always the bit. Was the archives. There that you was go. kind of the bit. Uh, GlennClarkRadio.com. Coming up on the program tomorrow, uh, we're going to chat with our friend Didi Kinkabwala from the NFL Network. She was at the game on Sunday. We will get her thoughts on what she saw from the Ravens. Also, uh, Towson football coach Rob Ambrose. They got a huge win over number twelve Rhode Island on Saturday. We will talk to him about that as well, and of course, stuff and things. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the third, but it's I I I at Paul Valley I I I. That's how you follow. Roman numeral three. Yes. Uh, follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Um, who I say go Astros. I know the rest of you don't, but I do. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.